This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network. And we're coming to you live from the Built Ford Tough Studio. Boomer Esiason, Greg Giannotti. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network and wherever you are in the free Odyssey app. Good Thursday morning. Yesterday, the Kansas City Chiefs parade turned into a huge news story and a terrible event as there was a shooting towards the end of the parade. I'm sure everybody has seen the news by now. Unfortunately, one person dying and then at least 22 others that were injured during the shooting, including a lot of children. So... Unfortunately, a celebration that we have seen many times throughout sports and in Kansas City, the third time that usually goes off with just no problems and maybe you get a few drunk people and some normal chicanery turns into a tragedy yesterday. And unfortunately, what happens with these incidents is that it becomes a platform to for people to get across their political views and get on their soapbox and they don't necessarily care about the victims they care about how this can get across their agenda and then as you watch the news or you open up social media that's what it's all about is is that and what i try to focus on during this and there's nothing i can do about it sitting here right here this morning and i can sit here and yell and scream and and blame this and blame that nothing's going to change But what I try to do is I try to think about the things that are important in this. Are the children that survived this, that have been injured, are they going to get the proper care after this so this is something, this trauma that they're dealing with is not going to lead to a PTSD terrible life that they're going to deal with, as you've seen in the past. The family of the person that died, those are the things that we should be focusing on because, I mean, that's real life stuff. Let's not just take this and say, well, this is why we need to change this, and this is why we need to change that, and this is why we need to change this. I mean, it's just, it's it's horrible. And it was the worst of, yesterday was the worst of what we are. And it's it's unfortunate because not only the shooting boomer, but then the reaction to it and how people are like, you know, damn, this is a great opportunity for me now to to jump in and throw my opinion out there and how to change the world because it's an election year and let's grab this thing and take it. It's just it's just flat out, flat out sickening. Good morning. How are you? I can only think of one word and that's heartbreaking, you know, and you think about uh, over a million people at this parade and so many people now that are affected by this. It's not just the people that were shot, but all the people that saw them get shot. Yeah. 
Uh, so there are going to be a lot of people that are going to be dealing with a lot of mental, mental health issues, and it's going to be just absolutely awful. And, you know, I, I'm not going to get into the political aspect of it at all. I'm just, you know, and I don't, you know, the thing is, is you say thoughts and prayers and everybody shoots that down, too, because that supposedly you can't have thoughts and prayers uh, in, in situations well, it's, like it's this. it's not so much can. that. I think the criticism to that is that that, that is the... The default setting where people will throw that out there and be like, hey, look, see, I care about this. And well, I'd then, like to think we all care about it. Yeah. And I'd, I'd also like to think that, you know, guys like Trey Filter, the guy who, you know, dove on one of the guys yeah. and tackled him, yeah, yeah. Is, a, is an absolute hero. Yep. And, you know, that guy is just goes to the parade. He's there. And uh, next thing you know, he's on top of a guy who's got a gun. Mm-hmm. And and he tackles a guy, sits on him, and another uh, bystander comes in and helps him until the police arrive. And you know, I felt bad for the mayor yesterday. I felt bad for the police chief. They had eight hundred cops out there. But if somebody wants to do something, and we've learned that here in this city, if somebody wants to do something, they can do it, and they will get away with it. Especially and when there's a million people there. Exactly, it's almost impossible to uh, to keep this from happening. It's it's just impossible. If somebody wants to make up their mind and go in there and start shooting up th- people, and I, I don't, we I'm don't even to... know the details of this yeah. one. I mean, and the, the, I believe the police came out and said this is more criminal in nature than than terrorism. Um, and and who who the hell knows? If three people have been arrested, you, you don't know. You don't know how it started. You don't know if these guys had an issue with each other and then started shooting each other. You don't know if they went in there to to cause craziness or were trying. Who knows? Um, but. The point being that you're making is absolutely right. I mean, when there's a million people in in gathering, there's going to be some bad guys in there, and if they want to do something, they're going to do something. We we you know we live in a, in a city that has uh, you know surrounded by twenty twenty five million people, and if somebody wants to do something stupid in a subway, they can do it on a bus. They can do it on a bridge. They can do it. Uh, in a mass of people that uh, could be protesting, they could do it. I mean, it just—it's almost impossible to stop people from doing what they want to do if they can get their hands on things that they shouldn't have their hands on. Right. So I, I, uh, I yeah. I mean, it's just—I don't, I don't know what else to say. It's just you're heartbroken. You feel uh, terribly for all these families and all these victims. And there are a lot more victims than just the people that were shot. I sure. Mean, you know. And then, of course, the family that lost a loved one. And then you read her story, and you and you realize that you know this was a DJ that did weddings. Everybody in the community knew her. She was a chief super fan. She she died on the operating table after she was shot shot in the stomach. And you're like, what the hell is wrong with people? I yeah. and and there's there's a million reasons why things like this happen. Uh, I don't certainly want to get into a political debate over it, but it just absolutely reminds us all that you know it could happen at any moment anytime anywhere and that's why you got to be as vigilant as you possibly can and, and realize that you know there are people out there that for some sick reason uh want to you know want to do th- something like this and and cause so much pain and anger and anguish i don't know i just i i stand there and i'm listening to the media like like pound the mayor like yesterday I'm like <laughs> What what is he supposed to do? He he's running a parade. There's a million people celebrating the greatness of the Kansas City Chiefs, and they did this twice already with no incident. It's right, and I felt bad for the police chief too. They they asked these idiotic questions like, "How am I, you're, you're literally a half an hour removed from something that's so tragic, so awful, and you have people investigating it, 
and you have you can't have answers. Well, it's straight up. They're like, who do we blame? Who do we blame? Who can, whose face can we make the the face of this so everybody can go in and crush that person? And since the, these three people are detained and we don't know anything about them, all right, let's find the police. Let's find the mayor. Let's. How did this happen? Like, who can we blame for this? And it's just it's rinse and repeat, man. It's just it's it it really is. It's just it's it's just as you said, it's heartbreaking. It's also it's sickening to me how we as a society ingest these things and then what we spit out afterwards. I just want to find out exactly who the perpetrators are, why they were doing what they did when they did it. That that's really the three questions that I want to know. Yeah. And I, I can I can make assumptions. I don't want to make assumptions. I want, as we always say here, we want facts. Um and I just uh it's just as a football analyst who was covering the, the Super Bowl, who was around all the pomp and circumstance that the Super Bowl was. It was a great week in Las Vegas. It turned out to be a really good city to host the Super Bowl. The NFL pulled it off. CBS pulled it off. And there wasn't a, I mean, there wasn't, other than, you know, an angry fan here or there about different things that happened in the game, everything else was like smooth and couldn't have been any better. Right, in a, in a city that obviously lots of crazy things happen in, and you get the Super Bowl and all the pomp and circumstance that rolls in there, and it was it was a tremendous week. And and then you got uh, something like this, of course, I that, that you know, mars the parade. I don't, I don't know about you. The moment I found out about what was going on, and obviously we all have our phones, so we all can see what's happening. Yeah. And we can get videos immediately and kind of like jump to conclusions if we want to. But, I mean, I, I was just like, I was I'm, I was stunned. I mean, why why is anybody? And this is the question: Why is anybody bringing a gun to a parade, a celebration? Yeah, I mean, and I don't know what this says about any of this, but I I was not stunned at all. And I think that any time that you get large gatherings, any time that I mean, we're in a, a, a time where I feel like every single night. I, you, if you put on the news, look at your phone every single day, there's some sort of shooting somewhere. I mean, I wasn't surprised at all. I mean, I was d- completely disheartened about it and upset about it and couldn't, couldn't like look at those images that were, that were out there because it was disturbing. But to be surprised and stunned, no. I mean, I, I, I hate the fact that I have to think like that and we have to think like that. I mean, it feels like like nothing. I mean, you think about where all these shootings have happened over the last number of years from, you know, I mean, there's there's elementary schools and, and, and shopping grocery stores. I mean, it's just like and a lot of it is bad luck for good people is really what it is, you know, and and some people you say, like, I never thought about walking into a grocery store like up in Buffalo and being mowed down and killed. And and that, you think that's a safe place? I mean, to me, like going to a parade like that is not a safe place today. It's just not, and it sucks that that's the case. But it is, and you try your best to avoid certain situations. You try your best to insulate your family and protect them. And sometimes that's just not good enough. It's 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 impossible. It's impossible to stop these things. And if 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 an incident like Newtown, Connecticut, didn't change things. Then, then an incident like yesterday is not going to change things either. And it's just, it's unfortunately the reality of, of, of today in America when it comes to shootings. And this is, I would never want to live anywhere else. I love this country so much, but this is, this is an issue that we have. It is. And it sucks.
And it does. And it's on the front page and, and in your face again now, yesterday. And the amazing thing is, is that we live here in New York City and every day there's another shooting. Yep. Every day. And these are people that somehow acquire illegal firearms. Yep. And they use them. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody selling drugs. It's like somebody who's drunk gets behind a car, goes down the wrong side of the street. I, I mean, it's it's over and over and over and over again. And I, I, I really don't know what the answer is. I don't either. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I do. And I know I that a lot of times they say, okay, you're good at complaining, but to come up with a solution. They're, it's it's not that easy. I mean, it is it is a nuanced, complicated conversation. And this is where you get into the political side of things and why things are the way they are. But, I mean, you could sit here and, and make the, buying a gun impossible for somebody. But the amount of guns that are out there and the, the trafficking of illegal guns to get in the hands of criminals, that is the bigger problem. You could sit here and make it impossible for a guy like me in New York to walk into a Dick's Sporting Goods to buy a shotgun. But what are we doing to get the guns out of the hands of the criminals that are already out there that you don't buy at Ooh, your local Walmart? Right, no matter how tough the gun laws are, and New York City has some of the toughest gun laws in America. Exactly. I, you know, there are still people with guns that shouldn't have guns. That, yes. that, that's the problem. Hundred percent. I, I mean, and that, is that going to stop? How do you stop that? Are we well, it's only, on that? Right, at, currently it's only getting worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's only getting worse, and and that is, uh, you know, that goes right to the people that are elected to run every one of these cities, every one of these. Um, municipalities, it, it basically, those are the people that are voted into office. Those are the people that have the policies that, you know, basically allow these things to happen. That's all there is to it. That's the political part of it. But and, the, and the reality is, is that you have victims now and you have yep. more victims exactly. that other than the ones that are just shot. Because, you know, I saw probably at least 10 interviews last night of people who saw people getting shot. Yeah. That have never seen anything like that in their lives that is all of a sudden they're... You know, what you see in a movie is in front of your face in reality. You know, friends of yours getting shot, children being injured. You know, and I had mentioned recently the the uh, that uh, documentary of the Chowchilla kids that got kidnapped and how they are now. And that's that's a kidnapping. And they got stuffed underground for two days and how the trauma that they had at that point affected them for the rest of their lives. And they, and it just derailed a lot of their lives. So that's what I think about some of these young kids who either got shot or saw this or are a part of that. I mean, hopefully now, you know, that was back in the 70s. You know, hopefully now we have come long enough and understood what you have to do in these very traumatic situations for children to get them in the best situation that so they can go on and lead a successful life. But that's a that is a huge thing that that nobody I don't feel like is talked about enough. I mean, if it's when these kids will be patched up and fine, thank God, and walk out of the hospital, it's not like let's go to the playground. No, they're, they're, I mean, what they witnessed is horrific and will have an imprint on their brain for the rest of their lives. You know, it's it's good to hear physically that they'll get through this. Yes, right. <clears throat> they're they're at that Kansas City Children's Hospital. I've been there for CF events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great hospital. Most almost every single children's hospital in this country. Uh, you know, is is a great hospital and 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 will handle all of this uh, the right way, both mentally and physically. Yeah. Now, I was thinking yesterday, and I'm, I'm, look, I everybody is going to handle this a certain way, and I just can't imagine what the players of the Chiefs and the owners of the Chiefs and and how they feel, and and knowing 
you know, the Hunt family and knowing who they are in that community and everything else, just the horrific feelings they must have about all of this. And I was just thinking, you know, it might think like Patrick Mahomes and maybe Travis Kelsey or go to the hospital, go see these kids. Do not take your phones. Don't put it on TikTok. Don't put it out there on Instagram. Don't take cameras with you. Go in there and see those kids and bring them jerseys, bring them footballs, do something to alleviate some of the mental anguish that they're going through right now. Yeah. And, and you're having, and listen, this is the power. And fortunately for me, I, I had that, I had that when I was playing. Mm-hmm. And a lot, every single player has it. That is an active player, especially a champion, especially somebody like Patrick Mahomes, who is a hero to so many of those kids out there in Kansas City. I mean, quietly go in there and give them some solace of hope and, and give them something that, you know, that, that they deserve. And they know? might, they might have done that yesterday. They, well, at I don't some know point, if they can do it know. yet, but I just, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I hope something like that happens for those families. I really do. They, they have to have something that's going to give them a reason to, you know, get out of that hospital, walk out of there and, and somehow restart their life. I don't know how that's going to happen, but. You know, we all know somebody that has been a victim of something uh, along these lines, whether it's being a shooting, uh, a drug-laced overdose, um, you know, a, a drunk driver, yeah, somebody. And, and you forget the victims. Like, the victims just kind of go away for some reason. Or 9-11, you know, those families that were, uh, that were touched by that, that violence. I, I just, I don't know what the answer really is. I mean, because there's, there's two sides, and all they do is fight back and forth. Well, that's the and, and they can never come up with anything. They can never, you know, really have a solution. Because I don't necessarily know that there is one. If somebody wants to get a gun, they're going to get it. Yeah, I mean, and that's and right. There is. It's not going to change. I mean, it's gotten to the point now where I can confidently say that this is just part of living today and this point in time. It's just not going to change because there's been so many of these horrific events and it's it's rinse and repeat it's the same thing over and over again and it just doesn't change and it's not going to change every time something like this happens you know they they look at who uh the perpetrators are they look at why they did what they did and they're all different sometimes there's connections and every a lot of it's different everything is different but i know one thing there is a mental health issue in most in most aspects of this you know if you're a I, I don't know who these guys or who these people are yet, but if you're a 17-year-old and you're carrying a gun around, I go, where did you get the gun and why are you carrying it around and what, what are you doing with it in a, in a mass of uh, humanity yeah. that is there to celebrate the Chiefs Parade? Yeah. Okay, can you just, I want that answer. Why is that person doing that? Uh, you know, and, and how does that person come across getting one of those guns? Yeah. And and if you even if you find out that answer, you know the solution to help it not happen again is is certainly not that simple. Not you know? not in a country of three hundred and sixty million or so people. Right. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, Boomer and Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Jerry Recco is with us. He's got his first update of the morning. What's up, Jerry? All right, good morning. Brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. Also brought to you by Jack Pocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone. You guys said all there is to say in the beginning. I'm not going to come up with uh, audio from yesterday, obviously. So I'll give you the sports end of things. Um, First things first, uh, Steve Wilkes. Remember yesterday he told you that uh, Kyle Shanahan was asked about the coaching staff Mm -hmm. on, I guess this was Monday, and he said, no, I expect everybody to be back. And then yesterday did a conference call with reporters. There's a couple things yesterday that I wasn't ready to talk about yet because I wasn't sure which direction I was going to go. But I'm sleeping on this for a few nights and I'm trying to make come up with a few tough decisions. But this morning I um, relieved Steve Wilkes of his duties. All right, in the so market for a defensive coordinator. Not not shocking to no. me at all, uh, especially with all the loafing and all that other stuff that was going on prior to the Super Bowl. Because the Super Bowl, for the most part, there was great effort. Mm-hmm. But if you remember, uh, Kyle yep. Shanahan had a call timeout, I think once or twice in this game, to reconfigure the defense. Like, he was not happy with what the defense was doing. And you take a look at some of the defensive alignments that they had, especially when uh, Kansas City had to get themselves into position to at least tie the game. Um, not good, mm-hmm. and uh, it seemed like there was a real disconnect with uh, Kyle and Steve Wilkes, and you know the head man won out here. But I felt like going into the playoffs that he was had the most pressure on him specifically as a coach, especially after what Detroit and Green Bay had done to him. Sure, and that was the the bigger story is the two playoff games that they had played prior to that. The defense looked terrible, but as you mentioned, the Super Bowl they were great. I mean, they were the best unit on the field for three quarters of the game. You go back to that Super Bowl and you look at like three or four plays that that could have been made either defensively or offensively, and you know the Forty ers are sitting here winners, probably. I, I mean it's it's unbelievable when you think about how they lost this game, 
And, you know, and one other thing I do want to clear up. There was a thing that I said at halftime. Now, I brought this up before here on this show, and I brought it up Monday morning after the game about a potential of the center for the 49ers being downfield yep. when Christian McCaffrey caught the ball behind the line of scrimmage. I don't think people understand what, you know, an offensive lineman downfield is. An offensive lineman downfield can be downfield and have a flag thrown on him, even if the ball is thrown behind the line of scrimmage. You know, it, the, the offensive lineman, so in this case, it's Jennings is the passer. He is the passer. Okay, not, not the quarterback is not the passer because the quarterback, in this case, Brock Purdy, throws the ball backward. Mm-hmm. That's a backward pass. It's not off. Now, if he runs with it, those offensive linemen can release because it's a running play. But if he throws it forward back towards the line of scrimmage, that means those offensive linemen cannot move more than a, uh, a yard and a half down the field or about a yard a little better. And in college, it's a completely different set of circumstances. College rule is different when it comes down to, um, you know, a, a guy's downfield illegally. That 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 is really close. And I will say that the center knew what he was doing. It looked like he knew what he was doing. But <laughs> I've seen plays and games where they actually have thrown flags on that. They were not throwing a lot of flags in this game. No, they there, were, there were two blatant holding calls by the, off- by the offense of the Chiefs that were never called. I mean, Nick Bosa gets tackled on one, and I think, uh, I'm trying to think of the other, I think Chase Young got tackled on one, and they didn't throw the flags. So they, they tried to let the players play this game. But I still, I still would say that that illegal man downfield is a very, very touchy thing. And, and a, lot of, you know, a lot of guys were called for that this year. A lot of teams got called for this particular play. You see, so the center can release as soon as Jennings, the passer of the ball forward, mm-hmm. is throwing the ball. So the moment he lets it go and it's out of his hands, now the center can release. And the center was out to the right because that's where the play was being, you know, uh, you know, executed at the end of the play when Christian McCaffrey runs. But it has nothing to do with where the ball is thrown from um, because you could you could you could run a a normal running back screen in the backfield. And you know how the offensive lineman, you played offensive line, right? Yes, I did. (laughs) So when the offensive lineman on a screen let a guy go, because they know that they have to get out in front of the screen to the back that's letting his guy go, and then the quarterback has to negotiate the, the pass rush. If that quarterback has the ball and he hasn't released it yet, and those offensive linemen are three yards down the field, and then the ball was completed behind the line of scrimmage, there's going to be a there's going to be a foul thrown for uh, illegal man downfield because they're downfield too fast. You see what I'm saying? I do see what you're saying, yes. So I, I still, you know, it, it's very, very close. And um, when I looked at the next-gen stats set up on the computer model, I, I think the center's okay. But it, but in real time, when you're watching the play and you see Christian McCaffrey get the ball and the guy's 10 yards down the field, you're like, you know, maybe he is an illegal man downfield. But I think the NFL has refuted that, so I'm not going to get into a big argument. But to understand the rule, it doesn't matter if the ball is thrown backward behind behind the line of scrimmage. If the ball is being thrown forward behind the line of scrimmage, those offensive linemen can't leave until the ball leaves the hands of the passer. What? Yes, I know. It's a very confusing thing. And there's a lot of nuances to it. You know, and, in, and the college rule is completely different. And if the NFL adopted the college rule, 
uh, you know, safeties and and uh, and linebackers would be getting drilled down the field by right. big offensive linemen. One other thing from that game was the Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid confrontation, whatever you want to call it, where he's yelling at Andy Reid. So the Kelsey brothers did do their New Heights podcast yesterday morning. Um, I think at 9.30, I told you it was airing at the time. So here was uh, Jason telling his brother how wrong he was in that situation. People are all over this, and I i mean, I get it. I can't... You cross the line. I think we can I, both I, agree I, I can't. I can't. I can't get that fired up to the point where I'm bumping coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff. When he when he stumbled, I was just like, oh, my head. Or even, like, I mean, even, I mean, let's be honest, the, the yelling in his face, too, is over the top. I think there's better ways to handle this retrospectively. Yeah. Yeah, he would go on to say, you're all right, bro. I know. I'm I'm, I'm a passionate guy. I love Coach Reed. Coach Reed knows how much I'd love to play for him, how much I'd love to be, you know, a product of his coaching. And then he would go on to say, if he retires, I'm retiring, but we know he's not retiring. Thank God he so. didn't fall down. He didn't. Yes, that Oof. would have been horrendous, though. That looked bad enough as bad. it was. <laughs> Would have been worse. No question about it. Uh, the Knicks went into Orlando last night, and basically nobody played aside from Jalen Brunson. I'm kidding, but you get the point with all the injuries that they're dealing with, uh, and Orlando would come up with the win. And Carroll finds a spot, lines up, hits another three. He's five of seven from three-point range. He's got 27 points. And I would like to point out that one of you said this, and I've noticed ever since, Mike Breen ain't missing any games. <laughs> Yeah, no, you I guys said are right. I it was it, definitely yeah. Boomer who said that. Yeah, yeah. Breen's there every single night now, which yeah, is well, great. Yeah, of course he wants to be. They're good. I mean, you know, they need this break, man. Yeah, yes, I mean, they need a break. That's that's exactly what's happening. They hit a little bit of a lull here. Injuries have a huge part of this. There's more yesterday. Bogdanovich, Stevenchenzo yep. didn't play again. I mean, what did we do? We we we, we traded for guys that were all hurt. <laughs> but maybe maybe they just they just need time off. I'm not going to get crazy over it. But I will say that Orlando seems to have their number. Well, Magic are a good team too. I mean, on top of that they're yeah. actually not a bad team anymore i always feel like orlando and indiana are like a pain in the ass to the knicks yeah they have been yeah i mean especially orlando i mean they they just oh. for whatever reason they're, I mean, they don't have their team I can't start, exactly it's it's, it's it is what it is by carabao though it was 15 of 20 shooting last and, night i mean he is he 36 very quietly turning into a big time star here is uh, Jalen Brunson, who's a big-time star. Good to get some time off to get healthy. I think this break is obviously good for us with our, you know, with a walking wounded right now. But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy with what we've been able to do. So, um, quick reset, and uh, just get ready to go next week. And he's right. Even with the four straight losses and five of six, they're still 33-22 and 22 as they go into the break. We will next see them in Philadelphia next Thursday on the 22nd. The Nets were a complete no-show as they got humiliated, embarrassed, run over, steamrolled by the Celtics. 136-86 in a game that wasn't that close. Uh, Derek White had 27. I'll give you four seconds and we'll move on. Jacques Vaughn, effort against a great team. Lousy. It's too good of a team to um, not be totally engaged. No, they were on vacation is what they were. I mean, so listen, we move I... On. We we don't love saying this guy's got to get fired or whatever, uh, but I this mean, has been bad. This, in the in pro sports, when stuff like this happens multiple times, and you get a no show, yeah, in a game where you're walking in, I mean, you should be inspired to play in Boston against the Celtics at the very least. They were thirteen and ten, and they have come had a complete El Foldo. Uh, I mean. You got to do something, don't you? Yeah, you know, they just let Steve Wilkes go out of San Francisco, and they just came out of the Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I don't know that Jock Vaughn's going to be long for this, so we shall see. Meantime, a conversation on the Evan and Tiki show. Uh, Tiki was asked what team in New York he thinks is closest to winning a championship. Hmm. 
And uh, as I said to Al in the warm-up show, uh, you tell me if this is good acting or if this is a natural reaction from Evan. Well, if it's not the Yankees, who then is it? To me, the only one that jumped at the top of my mind was yeah. the Knicks. Let's go Knicks. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being serious. <laughs> hold on. You got to hear okay? me out. Wow. Is he okay? All right. Who who acting? You mean Evan or Evan. or Tiki? No, Tiki believes it's the Knicks, and I don't know that he's far off. I no, think no, he's, he's probably not. right. That How about the Rangers? Knicks, Rangers, Yankees. I think those three teams you yeah. could all say have a chance to win a championship. Yeah, you can't. You can't laugh at any of those. Like, why would you? Here, here's one for you. And this is going to pay me to say it: the Devils. Yes. Yeah, I, and I it know would that. be the Devils, especially if they get Jacob Markstrom, the goalie from the Calgary. Understood. But, and they're close to to acquiring him, by the way. Which if is they, great. If they get him, oh boy, watch out. But the point is, the Knicks are in that conversation, and he laughed like a hyena. Yeah. That, that was, was definitely, fake one. I mean, obviously, yeah, it was definitely acting, but oh, yeah, yeah. they love acting on that show. You think they that were, was acting? They were acting on the pro. Uh, yeah. yes. Are you I kidding me? Oh, come on. I mean, listen to this. Well, there. if it's not the Yankees, who then is it? To me, the only one that jumped at the top of my mind was yeah. the Knicks. Let's go Knicks. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being serious. <laughs> Hold on, you got to hear like the Joker from Batman. Yeah, that's not legit. That could be his real laugh. No way. When he's like, oh, oh, oh." (laughs) (laughs) laughs like that. I'm with you. I've known him for almost 20 years. You've never heard him laugh like that? No. No, that was for effect. Yeah. And a bad one at that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, Aaron Boone met the media Wednesday. No one wants to hear from him, but he is expecting to win, hoping to win. Uh, Lenny Dykstra suffered a stroke, uh, hospitalized in Los Angeles, but reports supposedly he's okay, uh, but certainly a, a bad day for him. NHL, you got the Rangers skating with the Canadians. Devils do play the Kings. Howie Mandel has a podcast, as everybody does these days. He booked Dana White on it, and he could not have been more gracious and excited uh, and complimentary to have White there as he opened things up. You are not only an amazing businessman, you are an inspiration, you are a philosopher. The way you do business, the way you uh, conduct your business and your friendships and media is, uh, I'm, I'm jealous, And but Dana, I can't thank you enough for being here. Oh, very nice. And then uh, this is what happened next. And thank you for all the kind words. I appreciate it. I, I am so f- tired of doing podcasts. It's I, I, I'm literally done with them. I'm not doing any more podcasts. And he gets up, walks away, <clears throat> and leaves. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's 100% a work. That's It's fake. This is a this bit. Is fake? Oh, 100%. Okay. Howie Mandel has a history of, of being a prank guy. That's what he's done his entire ah, life. Okay. If, you, if you, if there's stories of him on movie sets at America's Got Talent, that's what he does. And I think that they came up with this to to get attention for, for his, his podcast, for his podcast. <laughs> right. And I don't know how it started or came about, but but Dana White would not. It just it, the the way if you watch it and the way that the co-hosts react on video, you can tell that that they're acting. It's just more it's, acting. This is a work. A lot, a lot of, of acting, acting these days. Oh this God. is a Howie Mandel right. prank. Was it better acting than the A-Rod Day prank? Yes, 100%. <laughs> Let me but, ask you this. If we had Howie Mandel in here and I started sneezing on him, how, how would he take that as a uh, prank? He no. might stab you. Right. Yeah, he's a he's known like a germaphobe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but this is this is those two guys. And it worked because most people believe it. I fell for it. Yeah, I, I, I don't... I mean, 
I didn't me. see it though. In fairness, I only heard it. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it. There would be no reason for him to get up and walk away. I mean, listen, maybe he is sick God, of doing God, podcasts. God love. Uh, I mean, aren't you sick of podcasting, Al? I am as well. Yeah, but you yeah. wouldn't go there, sit down, and then have him introduce you, and then say all those nice things and get up and go. That that's just another reason. Like he said, well, I'm gonna. I could just see them talking about this, like Dana White, like seeing Howie Mandel somewhere. And then Dana White going, man, I'm just, God, I'm like, I've been on a million podcasts. This would be a great idea. You go on my podcast, I'll like flower you with compliments, and then you just get up and say, I'm sick of doing effing podcasts and leave. It'll go viral. I mean, mm-hmm. and it did. It worked. Yeah. If that's the case. Yeah. Uh, UConn beat up DePaul pretty good by like 40. Seton Hall beat Xavier last night. You got Rutgers Northwestern tonight on WCBS 880 at 630 and Hofstra at Drexel tonight. All right. Thank you, Jerry. It is Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Built Ford Top Studio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. I don't think I've ever seen the rise to stardom in sports media quite like the one of Frank Fleming, Frank the Tank of Barstool. So he was a guy that ended up on local news as he was trying to go to the Mets home opener a couple of years ago. It might have been... And it was pre-pandemic. It was probably 2019 that, and he gets caught on local news screaming about NJ Transit. Absolutely screaming his face off. It's a hilarious local news clip. And he ends up from that clip getting hired by Barstool to do a blog and do then a video blog sort of complaining about stuff. Then he does reviews of sodas and everything else. And he has gained in popularity so much. And he's also on this this weight loss journey. He's now walking every day. He's lost like 200 pounds. But I've seen some unbelievable things. Like OG Ananobi, as he was walking off the court before he got hurt, went up to Frank and gave him like a pound and a hug as Frank was sitting courtside at a Knicks game. The most popular the Knicks have been in I don't know how long. And Frank Fleming is sitting there getting dapped up by one of the players in courtside seats. And then, I I have not watched this yet, but I guess he's now doing a podcast where he he walks and talks to people. And J.J. Watt, your colleague at the NFL today, decided he was going to walk with Frank. 
Okay. And he did this whole podcast of Walk with Frank. And now Mike Francesa has decided to walk with Frank. And it's an hour of the two of them walking and talking. I mean, what an incredible... You want to talk about... Now, I don't know how much money he's making at this point. Hopefully, he is monetizing this this fame that he has. He's on Cameo. Well, I you mean, want to I talk mean, to I'm, a rags-to-riches story. My Lord. I mean, it's a great story. When you think about it, you would think that Barstool would be paying him. They have to be paying him. Yeah, I... I don't know. Uh, what do you mean you don't know? I mean, I mean, he's I don't everywhere. Know. The guy is everywhere. He, <laughs> there he is. And he is like a hardcore, like crazed fan. I know they're paying him. I just don't know how much they're paying him. Well, they should, if, if they're not paying him enough. I agree. I, 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 I absolutely agree. And it really, you know, when, when people say sarcastically, well, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Like, I'm not saying this sarcastically. It really couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I, I, I don't know the guy. I, I've, yeah. I've talked to him several times. I actually had him crash our <laughs> Zoom meeting with Chernoff during the pandemic. I don't know if you were on that one or not, but I gave him the code to the Zoom meeting because we were so sick of these Zoom meetings. Right. And all of a sudden, boom, he popped up on the screen and Chernoff goes, who's Frank Fleming? How'd you get in here? I was like, listen, I had to spice these things up, man. <laughs> I, do, I do not remember that. I do not think I was on that because I would have remembered that. Yeah, probably. I mean, but oh, that was just brutal having to do those things every single Thursday. We had to sit there and do the, those Zoom pandemic meetings, but whatever. But anyway, I just wanted to, to shout out Frank because he's that's just it's incredible and by the way you know he was a very unhealthy guy now he's been doing this like hour walk every day and he's legit lost like 200 pounds See, he should move to Sayville and win the big, biggest loser <laughs> but he's also doing one of those pills or oh, something is he? yeah because i saw him complaining about that his doctor is out of the i don't think it's ozempic it's one of those oh. like that yeah a little fugazi i mean what's wrong with that i mean losing well, weight is losing weight yeah, but Some people do it by, you know, fasting. Other people do it no. by specialized diets. You did it by, you know. Eating and changing my diet, which is sustainable. Yeah. That's the right. thing. And that's why it's, you want, you don't want to do something like that that's a quick fix. And then you, you have to use it for the rest of your life. And when you get off it, then you blow up. So that's why you have to change your habits, change your life. Can you but, change your habits, change your life while you're going through all of this with the pill? Uh, I don't think so because once you, you either have to take it for the rest of your life or, you know, if you get off it, you, then you have to do what you should have done in the beginning, which is just change your diet. Yeah, I remember initially, he, he you know, I'm not saying that he looks like he's a grade A bill of health, but it looks better now than it did oh, um, like five years ago. Yeah, but I, I, you know, with those shots, someone like him, it makes sense because he was morbidly obese. But the thing that really drives me nuts about those shots is the people that like the like want to lose fifteen pounds for their vacation and they go and get these designer weight loss shots. It's like, what are you doing? I mean, you just you're pathetic. So that's the stuff that. Have that, you ever got a tan before you went on vacation? No, never. There are those people that get tans before never. they go on vacation. I've never got. But I could if you do that and yeah. you tell me I'm doing that just because I don't want to go down there and get burned by hot Dominican sun. I can understand maybe a little bit. Maybe you get a little base something. I still think it's pathetic, but a little base something. I remember I had a buddy who went to the Dominican in February. Just idiot, right? Goes <laughs> down there and decides, like, it was cloudy, he said, the first couple days there. So he didn't really get, you know, the sun. And then one day it was just bright sun. Doesn't put any sunscreen oh, on. Yeah, and good. the sun in the Dominican. I've been there. I yeah. know. Look at me. It is. I mean, you feel like you are 10 miles away from the sun. Yes. Very, so he's out hot, there. Very hot. 
He's out there, you know, using all the resort toys and getting in like a a kayak and doing a whole thing, having a day of his life. No sunscreen on his face. Later that night, his nose was legitimately bubbling because of the burning and the sun poisoning. Just insanity. Insanity. And you have to like, you got to go put on like a full body. 100%. Yeah. When you go out there. to Got to wear a hat. The whole thing. Yeah. All right, Boomer and Geo Coney alive for the Build Ford Talk Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. I know it's tough when you are the most recognizable person in a particular place like Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are, and also when you are somebody who comes across one of those guys in your everyday life, and of course you want you want photo evidence of that that happens all the time you want to take a selfie with somebody right i mean this this happens every day a million times when somebody who is famous comes across somebody who is not but there is a photo on tmz sports after you know it's it's nighttime after the shooting where someone passed away 22 were injured there's still people in the hospital of travis kelsey and a police officer taking a selfie outside of a restaurant where Travis Kelsey is smiling ear to ear, throwing up the peace sign. And it just is a bad visual for both of those guys after that happened. I'm sorry. It is. I mean, I don't know. Can you lay low for a day? I mean, this happened. It wasn't supposed to happen. You've been partying since the end of the Super Bowl. Can you can you lay low for a day? Can you get some takeout and maybe go to the hospital the next day? Is that yeah, too much he, to ask? He, he was completely, looked like ossified. He was, yeah. On that stage. So I don't, I don't necessarily know that he's in his right mind at that moment. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's, it's a bad look, man. It's another bad look. For him. Just another bad look. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, who knows? I mean, if there were someone who wasn't as popular as him that was doing that on the Chiefs, that person would probably get crushed. But it's almost like Travis Kelsey has gotten into this, this, this such level of fame now because of Taylor Swift that people are afraid to criticize him. You know, I mean, like I, I really think that's what it's gotten to. Like, like some of this stuff that, like, the bumping into Andy Reid and then this picture. If this were another guy, right? I mean. We'll but, have to wait for the Kelsey uh, podcast to discuss the picture now. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, am I wrong? Like, if this were, I don't know, no, Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Nobody would know. But you did show, you showed me the picture, and, and you said to me, this was ex- your exact words, what do you think of this? Yeah. And I looked at it, and, of course, I rolled my eyes, mm-hmm. and I said, there's a lack of awareness there. Yeah, of course. And we're not in Kansas City, so... I, I, you know, I, I can't speak to the overall general feeling, although I would think that it would be shock, dismay, anger, sadness, you know, every adjective that you could possibly, uh, you, you could think of. Yeah. Not, not going out and taking a selfie with a cop before you're going into a restaurant. I don't know. Yeah. After, yeah. After the shooting. I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's right. what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. So it's a uh, little bit of a tough look. A little bit of a tough look. And by the way, th- there was another, as we were talking about with Jerry, the Howie Mandel, Dana White thing that I believe was a work. There was another one of these things that was going around that, that I almost fell for, but I'm glad that I didn't. And now it turns out was fake as well. That there was a, I think it was a TikTok post of a guy who claimed that he was the streaker who, one of the streakers who ran out onto the field. Mm-hmm. 
and that he had placed a bet at one of the sports books if there would be a streaker or not. And he bet $10,000 on it, and he won $20,000. And the fine for streaking on the field and spending a night in jail was like $10,000. So he walked away with $10,000 is what he claimed. And in thinking about it, you know, I was like, why would anybody, why would any book allow you to put ten grand on something that you could control? control. Yeah. Exactly. So it turns out that this guy was full of crap. But then if you clicked on his, his profile, it actually says, you know, parody account. Like, it actually puts out there that the guy, this is what he does, is like, does fake stuff. But it went Well, and, at least the account tells you that it's parody because, you know, if, if it didn't have that part of, of it, right. I would say, you know, both are jackasses. The guy that actually did streak, and then the guy who claimed that he streaked. Yeah, and and what what X does now is they provides context on these things. Yes. So the video is there, and then underneath it has one. Despite tens of millions of views across all platforms, this is not one of the Super Bowl streakers. See their mug shots in the slideshow below. Okay, there you go. Two. No Vegas sportsbook offered such a prop as this prop is forbidden by Nevada gaming and in all US states. So, it's all all the uh, all the stuff is is right there. So, you can't it fooled a bunch of people in the beginning, they believed it, but gotcha. All right, let's go to Rich who is in Rye. What's going on, Rich? Hi guys, how you doing? Uh, quick question for Boomer. Super Bowl, the 49ers. The wide receivers had some type of 3 foot long or 2 and a half foot long red tether coming out of the top of their back of their pants, and it kind of flowed like a ribbon as they ran down the field. What's that all about? You know, some of the defensive backs had it too as well, but they didn't have red. They had white. Um, you know, who knows what that's all about? You know, maybe they claim it's a, you know, a towel that they use to dry their hands. Uh, you know, I, I have no idea. It could be a fashion statement that they're making. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I just found it odd, but thank you. You're welcome. There, there you go. Yeah, I mean, the wide receivers had uh, white towels coming out. Of, I mean, the defensive backs had white tails, uh, towels. I have no idea what that means. You know, I don't know. Are they using those to dry their hands or, or what's going on? Or maybe it is a fashion statement. Hang those towels right out of your pants. Yeah, who knows? That's like a new thing. I, you know, towels in your pants. <laughs> But but you see what I'm talking about? I see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. We're looking at some of the highlights now. Yes, I can. I can. I have no idea it. what the hell it's all about. All right, let's go to Charles, who's down in West Virginia. What's going on, Charles? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys? Great, Charles. What's up this morning? Well, you guys were talking about Exembic, and you know, didn't know much about it. I've been on it for a year. Uh, my diabetes was getting out of control, and um, my weight was gaining. Now, I didn't have a bad diet, but I mean. I did eat out a good bit and, you know, didn't have a lot of, um, you know, home-cooked meals. So uh, my doctor put me on Ozembic, and it kind of curbed my uh, taste for fast food and this kind of stuff. I, You know, where I was eating out maybe three, four times a week, I, I may be one or two times a month now. And I've lost over 90 pounds with the Ozembic. And I can say that my A1C went from a 13 to a 5. Yeah, and, and is, Charles, you, you're someone who should be prescribed it because you're a diabetic. And that's what the drug was made for. 
Um, it's right. now become a designer drug for people who don't have diabetes to lose 10 or 15 pounds that they don't feel like you know losing for changing their appetite or changing their diet, rather. So my question to you is, if you had gotten off of it, do you still think that you could keep those habits that you have learned or your body sort of morphed to on the drug? Well, as of right now, I have went a month without it because the supply, because people See, are this is another problem with this, Charles. Drug. I'm glad you brought that up. So a guy like you who lost 90 pounds and is a diabetic who needs the drug can't get it because there's 8 million housewives that are going to go to Baja Mar that stick it in their thigh because they want to look better on Instagram. And that's the thing that drives me nuts. I I have gained maybe two pounds back, but my uh, my appetite has stayed the same. You know, uh, uh, me and my wife were cooking. You know, we're eating a lot of chicken, a lot of salads. Um, just we're we're trying to eat more healthier. Well, good, and, good, Charles, and I'm I'm proud of you that you were able to lose all that weight. But you brought up some very very important points it's there. It's a shortage of the drug now. Yeah, exactly. Which, Which I I find it hard to believe that there would be a shortage of a drug. Well, it's because it's become, it's, it is now for people the thing that they have been waiting for forever, where I could now take this shot or take this pill and I will lose weight without having to do anything, which is what people have been asking, overweight people have been asking for since the beginning of time. Yeah, but you would think big farmers, since they're so evil, would have more than enough on hand. Yeah, I mean, I think that's how, and they will get the supply up again, they will. Um, but it has gotten to that point where it's so popular that they can't keep up with the demand. You know, I was thinking about you here. You're talking about supply. Do you remember the whole discussion around supply chain issues? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, what did, why? Why are you bringing that up? memory lane? I don't know. It just felt like, uh, felt like just yesterday we were talking about supply chain issues. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. Yes. That All was a that big stuff. one. That was a big one. Now, I was listening to a, a podcast. Oh, another podcast. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast. They were talking about what people used to wipe their butts with before toilet paper. Isn't that crazy to think about that? Birch bark. Yeah. Seashells. So they'd scoop the poop out with seashells. Nice. Crazy. Seashells. Yeah, I heard that. It's amazing. I mean, how do you know? How do, how do people know that people back then were Well, using I mean, it's just like, like anything else, right? Why wouldn't you, you, would, would you just use a leaf? Some people did. And some people were close closer to the beach and they... You know, they'd have if a you did that, then just go into the water and clean yourself up. Yeah, and then when the sponge came along, that was something that, that was a big thing that helped out. And that's then, not a good thing. And then and then and then paper. What's not imagine thing. using a sponge? Uh, you know, you but you clean the sponge and you you wring it out and you know you go for it again. You know, back listen. You think like, people say it's the greatest invention since the wheel or whatever? Toilet paper's got to be in there when you're having that discussion. Where would we be? As a society, without that, I have a Toto. I have a Toto toilet. I know <laughs> that does it on its own. I, un I understand. I don't need paper. I, I I I fully understand. But but I don't need paper. But there's are times that you may be in a hotel room. Did you have a tushy? I did have a tushy. Yes. I don't. I no longer have a tushy. You no longer. Okay. No longer have a tushy. But that's you know that's sort of like. Like your well, that's a serious. You know, that's the Rolls Royce. Of yes, it is one hundred percent. Like the only thing better would be to have someone actually come in and do it for you. Yeah, like a fireman with the hose. Right. <laughs> That'd be the only thing better than that. Uh, Kevin in Yonkers, what's going on, Kevin? 
Hey, Boomer. Hey, Gio. Glad to talk to you. Happy to talk to you, Kevin. What's up this morning? Uh, I'm just a little bit upset because you guys think that these um, parades are going to stop now after what happened in Kansas City. No, I don't think okay. so. I don't. I don't think I so. I mean, you go, can't. I, I mean, all the New York parades. Yeah, I no. Listen, if the if the next New York team to win a championship, there will be a parade down the Canyon of Heroes, and there will be about five thousand cops right along that parade route. Exactly, and uh, it'll be your choice to to want to be there or not. And by the way, you know, we are a city that has a lot of parades. We have a lot of parades. Yeah, there's a lot of overtime to protect those parades, whatever those parades are. You want to go back and forth with parades in New York and see who can get the most? Yeah, I'm not a big parade guy. You know that? I, I'm not claiming that I'm a big parade guy either. I just want to see how many how many people you think are at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. All right, so there's one. All right, that's one. I will go the Gay Pride Parade. Columbus Day Parade. I'm going to go the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Uh, I'm going to go the West Indian Parade. Damn it, you took that one for me. Now listen, the Norwegian right. Day Parade over in in Brooklyn is not very big. Wait. It used to be big. St. Patrick's Day Parade. Bang. That's a big there you go. Bang. Very big. What mm. do you got now? Can I play? <laughs> All right, if you want to go ahead, if you want to. Greenwich Village, uh Halloween. Yeah, that's a big one. Mm. About SantaCon. That's nah, not, really not a parade. parade. Not a parade. Not a that's, parade. More, that's more of a drunken celebration. Not a parade. Yeah. Uh, Boomer and I though tied. We have gone tit for tat. We are tied. Yeah. I don't have another one. I'm telling you right now. I don't have another one. There's not like a President's Day parade that's no, coming up. Mem- Memorial Day is more of a small town thing. Not, yeah, not, not in, in the New city. York City. I yeah, there's no July 4th parade. They just do the fireworks. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think we got them. Did we get them all? Well, you know, the Norwegian Day parade over... You know, in Bay Ridge. Uh, Bay Ridge yeah. Columbus, did you say Columbus Day? Yeah, I did say yeah, Columbus Day. Yeah, he got Columbus Day. Oh, that's a festival. That's a not festival. A festival. That's not more of a festival than a parade. Come on, Eddie. Don't yes. get these confused now. Right. It's a festival. You get. Oh, you have the Chinese New Year deal. That's a, that's, a, that's a festival type of thing. But wait a second. That might be a good one. That might be a good one. I think they might have a parade because I see, you know, when they do the big dragon. The dragon. Yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah, they do come walking down the street with a dragon. That could yeah. be a good one. <laughs> I think you. I think you might have won. I could have won. As reluctantly as I want to admit this, I think you just beat me with with Chinese New Year. China, China vagina. Yeah, vagina New Year. <laughs> I think you just got me. Damn, a lot of overtime. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I got buddies that are city cops that that they love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, in in light of what happened yesterday, obviously. It's a different situation, but when it's a nice, when it's a sell, well, yesterday was supposed to be a celebration too, but we don't know why. Right. This is we don't know why the people with the guns showed up with the guns and what they and what what they were trying to do. Yeah, we, they, we don't they know trying that to yet. shoot people. Pretty no, but clear. we don't know why though. Right. Yeah. I mean, there. So we don't know what. I, I think there. I, I saw where there was a handgun. I don't know if there was a a long gun or not. I'm not sure. There's a lot of things still out there. Like for example, the 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 Boston Marathon bombings. We that was very clearly right away terror. That's what that was. Right now, we don't know what why this happened and who was targeted or whatever. It, I did think I read yesterday though that they believed it was more criminal in nature than terrorism. Right. 
Um, but I will. I will you wait to withhold see. judgment until you find out. Uh, Greg in Owego, New York. What's going on, Greg? Good morning. Hey, guys. I just wanted to talk to you. I know you're into golf and everything yeah. now. Yeah. And uh, a little story about uh, a golf tournament that I used to play in when I worked for the government for an agency. We called it the Director's Cup. Okay. It was a match play tournament, about 32 guys in it. You play around one week and you advance if you keep going. Well, I'm playing this one guy one weekend, Saturday weekend, and he had a bout of diarrhea on the eighth hole. And he had to do something, so he, he went into the woods and uh, wiped himself with some leaves, like you guys were saying. Yeah. We came back to work the next Monday and found out this guy wiped himself with poison ivy. Oh, ah! <laughs> oh man. Come on, man. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I could see that happening. I really could. Uh, I mean, why don't you, know you go I, back? You're, you're on a golf course. You're not in the middle of the mountain yeah, somewhere. Sometimes you can't. You, I mean, yeah, I know that, but sometimes you can't. You gotta you just gotta let it go. You gotta let it go. I mean, I've never had that situation happen to me. Oh, no, the only time that ever happened to me was coming back from Phoenix after going to the Greasewood Flats for dinner <laughs> out in North <laughs> Scottsdale. Sounds like a diarrhea catalyst. You know, it was a cool place. It was out in the desert. Yeah. It's the kind of place that Eddie would love going to. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And uh, we had a plane, the flight back the next morning. And uh, I spent pretty much three quarters of that plane in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a rough one. I mean, I did have. So it does happen. You know no, what no, I mean? P- post norovirus last year. I it was like two days out, and I still was having stomach issues. And I played in a uh, golf tournament at Belport Country Club, but I was able to hold it until I got close to the clubhouse. Right, ran in there, said, "Guys, just give me a second, and let somebody play through if we need to." And then, but I mean, the, going in and wiping your butt with poison ivy is about the worst case scenario. And you got to understand what poison ivy looks like. You never, we all know what it looks like. Can't just grab it. Can't be grabbing poison ivy. And by the way, those leaves are small. Yeah, it's a bad choice. I mean, that's bad. Choice. You got to grab like a maple leaf. Yeah, or, I mean, even a, I, I would prefer oak leaf. Yeah, something like that. Yes, maple leaf would be the the choice if if it was around. But if, the problem with the maple leaf is sometimes, like, just think about there could be like microscopic bugs on. Ah, yeah, I know. And then all of a sudden you got worms, and it's, it's even worse. Worms or poison ivy in the butt? What would you rather have? Uh, poison ivy. I don't want anything to do with worms. All right, very good. You want something to do with worms? I don't, no. But I feel like... You know, like, you hear about those people that have worms in their body? Yeah, tapeworms and stuff? Yeah. I mean, that's just... How do you get that out? If does it, how do you get a tapeworm out? Uh, I think they give you, like, some sort of drug or something. Oh, God. All right, Boomer. I've never had one, so I don't know. Boomer and Geo on the fan at CBS Sports Network. Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. You know, everything okay around here? Well, yeah. Everything's good. You good, you good, Jer? Yeah. Al, you good? I don't feel great today, but... Why not? I have a bad sore throat, unfortunately. Oh, you do? Yeah. So you're sick now. I am. Yeah, Very sore throat. though. Yeah, sore throat is the first sign of something's on its way. You know, knock, knock, knocking at the door. Yeah. Yep. What do you think got you sick, Al? There's some people coughing on the airplane. Yeah. I always kind of blame that. 
You could have you could have gotten into an Uber or something like that. You could have gotten definitely Vegas out. related. Yeah, I mean, you also could be a little bit tired and run down. Correct. So that leaves your body a little bit more vulnerable. Um, I just noticed that there was a little bit of a, I don't know, intense moment in the morning for the warm up show. <laughs> it was Very not, intense. Oh, it was intense. intense. Yes, oh, it well, was. I I heard it live. I wouldn't call heard it, it live. I wouldn't call it intense. I heard. I heard. What I heard was intense. I will say that it was. It was certainly an, an awkward moment, and there was a parachute pulled at eleven after the hour, <laughs> which generally does not happen. It, usually, that first segment will at least go to sixteen seventeen. Yeah. So there was a bailout. It was a bailout spot. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that happens between guys who work together every single day. And my, I was, I'm just, I'm not myself today. You don't feel well. I don't feel well. I'm run down. I'm burned out of a sports lot of stuff. Just sports talk. things. Should we send I, them home today? I said to you a few weeks yeah, ago, it was coming home. soon. No, I'm not going home. I'm here. I'm not going home. Yeah, but you go home, you get more. You know what, here it is. Once again, setting the example. <laughs> I appreciate that. You got I it. respect that. And, you know, if more people were like you around here as opposed to running on to X and posting, you know, pictures and, you know, oh, my God, look at me. I'm the greatest person in the world type of things. Yeah. You what know? are you talking about? Who, who do you think? <laughs> I believe he's referring to Sean Morash. Yeah. Who I am a oh. fan of. We love 100, Sean. Yeah, 100%. We like love Sean. And so forget to, remem- to remember that from time to time. Yeah. I never know how serious he is. If he's actually angry, not angry, really defended himself, not. I, I can't tell, which I guess is a good thing for right. him. Um, but, yeah, so uh, Eddie just told me he does have that uh, awkward. Oh, he does. Yeah, less- see, I want to hear this again. And I want the listeners to hear that. Oh, Don't hear on. you guys in the morning. It's <laughs> Just to listen and see how they hear it as opposed to how I hear it. And I hear intensity. <laughs> I hear anger. It was one of my very passionate topics. Right, and I feel frustrated. I feel the frustration from you guys. Because you can't call... Jerry, so change the name. Who gives this a crap? Like if a w- this is really bothering you? Yeah. Well, bothering that that people like you keep paying for it and encouraging people them. People like me? Yeah, and encouraging... You don't even have Channel 2 in your condo. Right. Oh, my God. All right, I don't pay I, for... I can't do that. I'm not doing the cable thing today. Okay. Holy crap. All right. My God, we got the. You want news? You open Twitter four thousand times a day. It's right there for you, right? And you're worried that ESPN News calls itself ESPN News. Correct. Who cares? Well, I care. You really concern yourself with the weirdest things. All right. That, what else? That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> right into Michael the Bull. Exactly. It's five ten. Yeah, I hope yeah. traffic is in. <laughs> it was just like it's like if Ten Ten Wins started playing rock music and didn't change their name. Like you're not Ten Ten Wins anymore. So oh, you're still back on the argument. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't make I, sense to me. I, I don't really care. It doesn't matter. Are you guys okay? Fighting over something so stupid. They're fine. Of course, this is going to happen. Every talk show host duo, and everybody. But it was just. But over ESPN News, really, guys? Well, I'm locked into cable channels. Like, (laughs) this is whatever reason I'm locked in on that. So the argument you were making, or the the with the parade, we had the big parade shooting. Yes. If you went to. ESPN News, which is what it was supposed to be. Yes. They're running reruns of stuff. They don't 
do ESPN Charles News on ESPN, ESPN News. News anymore. But, but it hasn't been dropped been f- the news moniker. They have been for a decade, about. But they still have the, the name. Yeah, I understand that. So you want them to drop the moniker Correct. news. Just BS, call it ESPN Replay. ESPN, ESPN 3, 4. Or right. ESPN Crap. Right. <laughs> ESPN <laughs> Ocho. Yeah. And that would solve all the problems. Okay. All right. All right, very good. Uh, Jerry, you got an update for us? So we're brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door and by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Before the break, that, what else? That's it? That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, before the break, you guys were talking about worms. Oh, God. Which I Someone was... sent me a video of worms coming out of somebody, and I, I am not opening my phone the rest of the day. So I thought it was interesting because as you guys were doing this, I was putting this together, and I'll explain why in a moment. They are the stuff of nightmares. They dwell in filth and feed on decay. Maggots. I found maggots between my toes. Now, why would I play this? <laughs> now I was going to end with this, but because you did the, the worms right before, but it was perfect. Did you see the story in the post last night? Uh, no. A Delta flight from Amsterdam to Detroit was filled with maggots that fell onto passengers' heads from an overhead bin while midair. The bugs, this is, people are unbelievable. The bugs had infested fish that a passenger put in his carry-on luggage. Oh, come on. Who's traveling with fish? I have no idea. What is that? Sm- First of all, forget the maggots for a second. What does that smell like on a flight? Well, Mishka, how does that get through TSA? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> Just the Bronzino and someone's <laughs> carry-on? What are we doing? I don't know. The picture had two pieces of, like, fish in the bag. <laughs> and there was no ice or anything? This I don't know the answer. A... That I don't know. Oh. All I know is it was filled with maggots. That person should be in jail. Whoever that is Ugh. should spend at least a week in jail bringing dead, oh. rotten, maggot-infested fish onto an airplane. And so you were talking about worms. Have you ever Googled maggots on YouTube? I've or d- searched I can't, it? I, I can't, no, man. Man, it is something to be seen. There was a woman that had a maggot on her breast that she was at the doctor, and he had... Dude, it's disgusting. It was in her breast? Like, on the top part, and you could see where the maggot got in. How did it get in? Uh, It fell from the the overhead (laughs) bin, apparently. I don't know. And they had to, like, cut a hole out to pull the maggot out. It's gross. And the videos these people upload is unbelievable. You can find some sick stuff on the internet, man. And a lot of of dogs get infested with them from being outside. Really awful. So you you brought it up with worms. I right? did, I just, there, but they are a part of the food chain. They do have a have a very big role. I understand yes. that. Just stay out of our house and out of our airplanes. Yeah, because that's disgusting. Does PETA stand up for maggots? You know the people against the ethical treatment. <laughs> yeah, do they? <laughs> PETA king. <laughs> like, are they going to call us because we're besmirching maggots? You know, where does I'm that not, line hey, stop? Hey. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I mean, well, you can't stop bring with insects. Animal. You can't bring fish with maggots on an airplane. You just can't bring fish on an airplane. <laughs> One would think. What the hell? I, I don't know. You know, our buddy, uh, Joe G, he would be a guy who would bring a fish on an airplane. No, he did bring fish on airplanes. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it was in the Delta cargo section, and they were 
you know, well, that's frozen. Frozen. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would then deliver out in L.A. Yeah. To Wolfgang Puck and the boys. Of course. That's yeah. a big difference than putting two fresh fish in your... Well, <laughs> fresh? Fresh? Or dead or whatever. I mean, how I could they know. be fresh? I mean, if somebody is carrying fish with maggots, <laughs> those maggots didn't just get on the fish when they got on the plane. Right. Those fish had maggots when they put them on the plane. Where do maggots come from? Flies. Right? I don't know. Fly larva. Yeah. yeah. Maybe there was fly larva in his bag. Yeah. Did you ever see, like, when you see a dead carcass and there's all these flies? Oh, for sure. Around, yeah, yeah. That's where they come from. And then maggots are born from that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. And they serve a purpose. I understand. Yes. In this case, a disgusting purpose. It's, it's amazing. It's a really amazing thing when you think about it. I don't want to. It's really well, you awful. You just brought it up. I know, but I'm I'm still sick from watching those videos. Actually, Lenny in Connecticut, what's going oh, on, Lenny? Yeah, Boomer and Geo got a great maggot story for you. <laughs> oh, love a great maggot story. Love a great maggot story. Go ahead, Lenny. Go. I'm like 10 years old, 11 years old. I'm at the movie theater eating a box of goobers, and I'm eating the goobers, and I can tell something's wrong with these goobers. They these ain't no regular goobers. So I, I'm 10 or 11. I keep on eating and eating and eating. Sooner or later, I figure out something's really wrong. I start walking into the lobby of the movie theater where it gets lighter and lighter. And I literally look in the box, oh. and the box oh. was filled with maggots. And, and you ate, you ate a couple? Oh, I ate many. Many, oh. many. In fact, How do you, I mean, but, I mean, <laughs> the maggots... Tastes like goobers? Like, how the hell did you keep eating them? Oh, my God. I'm 11 years old. I'm watching, it was like 2001 Space Odyssey. Uh, I don't know any better. So what was in my mouth, I had spit a big thing back into the box, and that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And when I got into the lobby of the movie theater, I look in the box, and what was in my mouth was like a giant larvae that the maggots were hatching on. Oh, come on, (laughs) Larry! <laughs> a giant I mean, larvae. You know, but you, you can find maggots in garbage or anything. It's not I, just not I just know that. dead know. animals or carcasses or people. No, I've actually there was one time it was like the in hot garbage. If you oh, like hot garbage, if yeah, you yeah, like big put, flies like to drop the yeah, larvae. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Har- that that, uh, happened, that happened once. What do you mean my, hot garbage? What do you mean like a hot like a, day? Like a hot oh, day oh, in the summertime. Okay, right. if you put it out there and there's food in Got there, yep. and even if you leave it overnight, they they can pop up just like that. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, Chris and Massapequa, what's happening? Hey, guys, listen, you guys are talking about sponges. Last week, I happened to come across this fact that a sponge that you use in your sink for your plates and pans and pots has 54 million bacteria than the inside of a toilet bowl. Right. Trust me on that. All right, we'll trust you. Yeah, see this. Yeah, is, we got you. That's one of those local news things that they yeah. do during sweeps, right? Right. Why the sponge in your sink is going to kill you and your family <laughs> at 11. Right, man. Fifty-four million bacteria in your sink, <laughs> and you claim to love your kids. Tonight at eleven. That's no. Is that Srini? <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Let's go. Jerry's oh, got Jerry's. Srini in New yeah. Jersey. Is it Srini? <laughs> what is it? Oh, hello. Hello. Hey, hey Boomer. Hey, hey, hey guys. Uh, great listening to you. A couple of things, Boomer. I'm with uh, you and Toto all the way. I think somebody once told me that a bad wash uh, was better than a good wipe. 
Yes, very good. Yeah. Yes, it's like a bad putt rather right. than a bad chip. <laughs> good job, Shreemy. Yeah, man, that's good. I'm telling you, you just went from butt to golf very seamlessly. <laughs> All right, what else here, Jerry? Uh, funny. I haven't done anything. Uh, the Knicks lost to the Magic, one eighteen, one hundred. Uh, Paolo so Barrero, right? Yeah, till next Thursday. See, and I think they went zero and four in that little four game. Run I was talking about yes, oh, but in fairness because there's I know they're injured and teams else, yes. so I guess these games really don't matter much. Right? Uh, they do matter, and they could end up mattering in the standings later. Right now they're right. thirty three and twenty two. Uh, I'll just here's Tom Thibodeau because of what's gone on. They're obviously they're exhausted and the injuries. It's good that the All Star break is here. I think it's a good opportunity to take a break and recharge too. And so you know after the amount of games that in travel that you have. Uh, you want to take advantage of, of that as well. Understandably so. So they will play next in Philly on the 22nd. You've got the All-Star break this weekend. The Nets were a complete no-show in Boston. Lost by 50, 136-86. They got getting hammered in the first quarter, got hammered at halftime, and they never made a run. Um, coming up next hour, we'll have some stuff from the uh, the Suns game and the Clippers game. From the, uh, obviously, the stuff with the parade that we've discussed all morning long. Um, the 49ers did fire Steve Wilkes. And then I'll just give you a couple more before I get out of here from the Kelsey Brothers with their new Heights podcast. Um, this would be on the, I know this is a couple of days old now, but on the 49ers taking the ball, you always wonder, like what the players think. Well, here was Travis Kelsey when the coin flip happens and the Niners say, we want the ball. Here was him talking to his brother Jason on his podcast. Not trying to harp, harp on the guy, but it was a huge, like when they said we want to receive and the ref looked at Fred and he said, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Dude, you sure you want to receive? Did. And he said, yes. Yeah, yeah, I want to receive. I want and the ball. And he would go on. He was kind of laughing through it and trying to hold himself yeah. down. But basically said that gave him the confidence that, yeah, let's. So NFL Films put out a video of that mm. and the uh, chief sideline and Patrick Mahomes when he was running back to the yep. sideline. Yeah. And they were like, could not believe it. Like They were given a gift in that situation. Well, I mean, look, at the end of the day, the referee always asks a question like that because they want to make sure that the player is sure about what he wants in that situation when they flip the coin because they've had problems. Don't you remember that uh, Thanksgiving Day game between Pittsburgh and the Phil Lions? Luckett. Phil Luckett, and it was uh, Jerome Bettis. Headstills. Yeah, right. Remember? So, yeah, so they, they just Isn't that make why sure. they changed it? Yes. That's why they changed it. Well, you got to tell me before we tell do anything. Tell me before I flip it, and then they want to make sure that, you know, you're not deferring, you're taking the ball, that kind of thing, yes. No doubt. I, here's the interesting thing about all of this. Now, the, the Chiefs have come out and said that had the 49ers scored a touchdown and kicked the extra point, they were going to go down and try to win it on a two-point play. Now, right. That's what they all said. I, that that could be interesting, but, I, you know, what would Kyle Shanahan have done had he scored a touchdown? Would he have gone for two? Boy, I tell you, if you think your defense is that good, you kick the extra point and say, go stop them. Right, exactly. That That's probably, you know, I think, yeah, I don't know. I can't get into a, the, the man's head. He did the wrong thing. At the end of the day, you have to defer. And he's unless, deal with it. unless, like I said yesterday, there's 5% of the time where you may have a quarterback that is so on fire, kind of like that Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes divisional matchup yep. where they both were going up and down the field. Maybe just in that case you would take the ball because you're feeling the game. Plus, it's outside, and there may have been wind may have been a factor. 
Rangers Canadians tonight, Devils Kings tonight, Rutgers Northwestern tonight on WCBS 880, Seton Hall, and UConn won last night. All right, thanks, Jerry. It is Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Build Four Top Studio. What else? That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Now that we're getting farther and farther away from the Patriots dynasty and we are living in the Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid dynasty, there's more stuff that comes out with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and Belichick not coaching, obviously, and Tom Brady being retired. So there's this new Apple Plus docuseries that is coming out, and it's called The Dynasty. And there's some stuff in there that has already hit the media and uh, this is Tom Brady talking about that last uh, year or two years ended up in Tampa, but that discussion that he had in, in leaving the Patriots. And he said, based on how things had gone, meaning in New England, I wasn't going to sign up for more of it, which is <laughs> basically what I'm taking from that. Tell me if I'm right. Was just I don't want to play for Bill Belichick anymore. Now, based on things have gone, they had won six Super Bowls, or but right, yeah, six, and Tom Brady won a seventh in in Tampa. They had won six Super Bowls. So when when I read that, I wasn't going to sign up for more of it. Means that the negative of playing for Bill Belichick, no? Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that. I told you that uh, you know when you when you would talk to Tom Brady and you would get into like the Patriots or you getting ready to do one of his games or a Super Bowl in which you would talk to him before the game. Yeah. You know, there was there was a little bit of that, you know, you know what? I'm successful. I get all that, man, but how about a little bit of appreciation from my head coach? Sure. Now, I think they both do really admire and respect and appreciate each other and they got the most they got the best out of each other. But I also know that there's frustration, you know, because there's so much success and there's only so much praise to go around. And I just think it's the human nature of the the ego to want to be a guy that's appreciated or has felt like he's appreciated. And maybe Bill Belichick didn't do a good job in that regard when dealing with Tom Brady. Yeah, and maybe that's what drove Tom Brady to heights that maybe he couldn't have reached on his own. You know, yeah. maybe in, in, in search of finding that appreciation and that love for his head coach, he kept wanting to stick it to him by playing better. Who knows? I no. don't know. Maybe it's a tactic. I, I do know this, that um, I have never seen an athlete. And I, Tom's a great athlete. Don't get me wrong. But he's not like a Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen type of athlete. And, you know, and quite frankly, Joe Burrow was an all-state point guard. Uh, in high school, yeah, uh, I, you know, Tom is probably a great baseball player. I'm assuming. I'm sure he could play. Ba- I'm sure he could play basketball. He can do whatever he wants. But really, truly, where Tom separated himself from everybody else is just the the desire to be great and all the sacrifices he made to become great. And that's the thing that is amazing to me because Patrick Mahomes physically is more gifted. You could see it when he's running with the ball, when he's throwing on the run. I mean, Tom could do all of that, but Tom was a guy who figured out early in his career, staying in the pocket and being accurate and throwing the ball correctly, he was going to become a really good quarterback, then on to becoming a great quarterback, and then going on to even further heights, becoming the greatest of all time. 
Yeah. And the greatest of all time is tied to his Super Bowl victories, Super Bowl MVPs. Not so much a regular season MVP, but um, I, I also think that, you know, that that drive that he had to become great, very few players have that, especially with the amount of money that they are making now. So uh, I would think that it's going to be it's going to be really hard for Patrick Mahomes. I'm just thinking, like when he's 35 and he's already made a half a billion dollars, is he going to still want to do it to the point where 10 more years he would catch up to Tom Brady in terms of longevity? Think about that for a second. Yeah. I, so he's got seven more years until he turns 35, right? He's 28 now? Yes. And Tom Brady lasts until he was 45? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, he's on quite the run. There's no question about it. And you are right. It is the dynasty era of the Chiefs, Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes. Now, I never, I don't think I'll ever or will ever see the like the struggle and the friction between Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, like we saw between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, because their personalities are so different, Belichick and Reid, that is. I do yeah. think Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady have similar mentalities about wanting to be great and the and all the things that come with it. But, I mean, Andy Reid and Bill Belichick could not be two more different people when it comes to who they are on the sideline. I mean, it was, it was interesting that, that was somebody put out a, you know, uh, one of these posts on X that had all these X players and draft crazed people just killing the Patrick Mahomes pick. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. Yep, I saw like, it. I, I couldn't believe some of the people that were in that in, in, in that uh, post. Well, there was nobody who liked it at the time, apparently, except for maybe Ben McAdoo and John Dorsey, the guy who made the pick. But everybody who was uh, analyzing it on TV at that point, I know you loved him when he came in here, but the people that were actually that were working the draft had all these negative things to say. You know, I think someone, was it Todd McShay or somebody said, like, he did, not only does he have bad footwork, he's got no footwork or something like that. I mean, it's just amazing to see. You know, I, I'm just, I, I, I almost had this, I think most quarterbacks can look a guy in the eye and tell whether or not he's got it or not. I realize, I swear to God, I, you know, like if you were evaluating out Caleb Williams for the Bears, the Bears should call up like Kurt Warner, Steve Young, Phil Sims, Dan Marino, and Jim Kelly, and have those five guys go in there and meet with Caleb Williams to find out whether these guys think he's got the, you know, the stones to become the quarterback of the Bears. Right. It's like the the brothers of their sister meeting the person that is the new boyfriend. And like, let's just take a look at this guy and see yeah, if he's got I mean, it. Exactly. I yeah. mean, I think that every one of these great quarterbacks that has ever played uh, could actually sit down and talk to a guy. You could because you could see him on film and everything, and you could see whether or not they can throw the ball and what kind of throws they can make and do they have a strong arm and how's their footwork. You know, that was the thing about Patrick Mahomes. Oh, he was so undisciplined as a player. Well, yeah, because he was running for his life half the time. Yeah. And I bet you Brock Purdy the same thing. I bet you he was running for his life half the time at Iowa State. Brian Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Build Ford Talk Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. You said you can look in somebody's eye, these quarterbacks, and tell right away. Telling you. Now, I missed on one, but I never met the guy. And that was, unfortunately, the kid out of Ohio State that ended up passing away. Dwayne Haskins, yeah. That's the only guy that I, ne- I never met him personally. Yeah. 
I saw him throw that ball in the in the Rose Bowl. Man, he was it was like it looked so easy to me. Yeah. Now, do you do that like when you're hiring people to found it in the foundation or at the foundation where you look at them in the eye and you can tell that they're rock solid, or is it just with quarterbacks? No, you'd like to think you have a, a way with hiring the right people. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I could do I could do that too. I mean, Not with out, I mean, I mean, with people like, with but people. I'm just saying, like, like the reason I say like guys like Jim Kelly or Dan Marino, those guys put them in a room, let them hang out with a guy. Maybe if you get him to play, if, if the guy, the kid plays golf or something, go out and play around a golf with him. Yeah, you can really find out about whether or not they have what it takes. But I mean, some guys are also great in those situations of of faking their way through it. True. Now, you know, it's interesting looking back on all that stuff about Patrick Mahomes and people saying he should be a fifth rounder or a fourth rounder, whatever, whatever. I mean, that John Dorsey out there in Kansas City was right on it. I mean, like whether it was him or Brett Beach or whether it was uh, Andy Reid or all three of them, all the guys that were scouting everybody, they found a, a magic kid. They found him. And, you know, whatever his issues were in college, Andy Reid could figure it out. And Andy Reid, and and at that time, I think it was Matt Nagy was there, and they were going to work with him. And they were going to get him to do all the fundamental aspects of it right. But I do think that there are times in games where, you know, Patrick is the most non-fundamental quarterback you've ever seen. And it works for him. Yeah. I mean, for crying out loud, it's whatever he's doing, it's working for him. Not everybody can do it. And we saw, you know, with Zach Wilson trying to do some of the stuff that Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes do, even though he's got the talent, could never really figure it out on the field. You know, people want to be like that, but can't. Uh, so it is, it's a, it's definitely a fascinating to look back. And I mentioned yesterday on the show that I was watching that John Dorsey press conference that was out there and him taking the slings and arrows from the media about the pick and how he said, I believe he's going to develop into a great quarterback. And he and, was right. And he was right. And was what was the best part, I think, about that was the fact he said develop, and they sat him for almost an entire year. They put him in one game in week 17. And that game didn't matter, but yet he played really well in that game. Right. I mean, when he was in here, I mean, my, my whole thing was he was talking about shagging fly balls at the age of five and six in Major League Parks because of his dad. Uh, because of his dad. Yeah. And I was just... Thinking along the lines of if I were five or six and I were in a major league baseball, you know, field and I was shagging fly balls, like there's no way that I'm going to be intimidated. I'm going to be, I'm ready to roll, man. This is like my shot and I can't wait to get there. And that's exactly what he's turned out to be. Let's go to Jay, who is in Westchester. What's going on, Jay? What's up, guys? First of all, thanks for getting us through a tough. Post-Super Bowl week, I've definitely had the post-Super Bowl blues, and you guys have been keep me entertained. My question is for Booms on this eye of the tiger uh, theory here. So I'm asking you, Booms, is a great quarterback. Does Daniel Jones have the eye of the tiger? Does he have that look in his eye? You've met him. What do you think? Uh, no. Yeah. No. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, there was many times after those interviews that that he was just steps away going back into the locker room. We were like, man, that guy's a flatliner. He'd say it on the air, too. So it's like he is. He, he just doesn't have that I personality. Mean, but, that's the, but that's the personality the Giants wanted. Yeah. You know, I mean, when Eli was here, he was a flatliner. Now he's one of the funniest guys on TV. 
Yeah, but because but it's a different set of circumstances. Would you have looked in his eyes and seen that though? He's always been a goofy looking dude, you know. Yeah, but I think with Eli, it's DNA. You know, yeah. his dad was a great quarterback. His brother's a great quarterback. He's a great quarterback. His nephew's probably going to be a great quarterback. So you think it's in the DNA? It has to be right. So, and and on top of that, you know, he plays the role, the little brother role, like to a T, perfectly. Yes, and has helped yeah. him in his post career endeavors mark in westchester what's up mark gentlemen hey gentlemen i agree you got to have the eye of the tiger when i turned the super bowl on and you looked at brock you could tell he never looked rattled in his first super bowl and then you look at zach wilson and it's like the kid looks completely lost and i would argue that daniel jones doesn't look completely lost i agree it's his personality but at least when he's under center he doesn't look like he's lost. But Brock, it was clear, and it's clear, as, as being a sales leader, running sales teams, when these guys come in and you talk to them, you can tell who's going to do well and who's not going to do well. So I'm with you a thousand percent, Booms. Thanks, I appreciate it. I just, you know, interviewing Brock Purdy at the Super Bowl, man, I was, I came away and, and uh, our producer, Drew Kaliski, was in there and I just came away saying, wow, this kid has got his act together. I mean, he is, he, and plus, you know, his teammates love him. Yeah. I mean, his teammates fight for him, and this whole game manager nonsense thing is because of, of people who could never manage a game and do what he is asked to do in terms of their offense and be able to navigate the offense. Like, the nuances of playing quarterback is not just throwing the ball to the right guy. You have the right formations. You got to understand personnel. You got to understand pass protections. You got to understand when to snap the ball when there's a guy in motion and where that guy where that guy needs to be when you're snapping the ball. I mean, all of those little things every quarterback has to do. Yeah. And then on top of that, you, then you got to go play the game. Yeah. And to be fair, that second year that we went to Jets camp and Zach Wilson in his in his second year. Mm-hmm. He looked different, looked confident, and came across as a kid who had matured in a big way. And got hurt. He ended up getting hurt after that, yes. And that but, screwed him up. Yeah, without a doubt. So, I mean, I, I don't want to make it seem like I looked at Zach Wilson and was like, this guy can't play. Um, by just looking at him in training camp, I was fully convinced that of all the reports you heard from the coaches and I was taking charge and all of these things. And I felt it when he was sitting next to us. But... It just didn't pan out. He gets hurt, and that's what happens, you know. And that's unfortunately what's happening with Daniel Daniel Jones. He's been getting it's too many injuries, too many significant injuries. Let's go to Chris in Smithtown, our friend. What's going on, Chris? What's up, guys? How you doing? Great, Chris. What do you got today? So, getting back to the uh, the Frank the Tank walks with Francesca. I yeah. didn't actually listen to their conversation. I just saw it on my Instagram newsfeed. Can yeah. you imagine Francesca started like mentoring him? takes him under his wing and just kind of shows him what to be like when he's famous, how to lose weight and all this stuff that he's got no basis talking about. <laughs> it is funny, Chris, and I, I did watch the teaser for it. I haven't gotten a chance to watch the whole thing, but it's classic Mike because he's asking Frank questions but never lets him answer. So he just talks and talks and talks the whole time and Frank doesn't answer, at least the clip that I saw. He's like, so you like being famous? I mean, you're famous now. So you, do you like it? Is that something that you like? Or do you not like it? Because you're famous now. I mean, there's autographs. You take, you take a lot of pictures. You probably take a lot of pictures. You like taking the pictures? You just have pictures. In. So, I mean, this is different for you because you got the pictures and the autographs. And you're Frank the Tank. I am Frank the Tank's a big star. So you are you a big star? Do you like being a big star? What do you? How do you spell star? It was just like, God. 
Let him talk. Did, did, he, did Bright the Tank even say a word? Jesus. I, I'm telling you right now, if we could find this exact thing, let's see. It, it, he That is not what I did was a slight exaggeration. <laughs> But it is, it's it's insanity. So the, I'm just wondering, did Frank the Tank have anything to say? Well, he, the whole thing is an hour. In this, okay, in okay. this teaser right. of the thing, it's, uh, yeah, here we go. Well, no, that's not the one. Uh, I need the I need the exact, te- but because he's just asking him. He's like, so you're stalling now. Okay, here it is. Yeah, here it is. All right, so if you go 16 out, uh, you know what? I'll just send you the exact post there. All right. I'll send you the exact post of what I'm talking about, the teaser for this. I'll text it to you, and uh, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, let's go to Mike and Patchogue. What's going on, Mike? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing today? Great, Mike. What do you got for us? I used to play football with Bayport High School. I played football against Boomer only one year. I sucked at football, but I was on team, <clears throat> and... Uh, I just remember when my coach, Coach Donnelly, we were going to play Boomer's team, and he said, listen, guys, this quarterback is the number one quarterback on Long Island, and he said, I want him on his ass. And uh, that's what he told everybody. And uh, Boomer proved himself without eye of the tiger. He was just a great player. So some people have the skills at a young age. So I just wanted to put that in. Well, I appreciate that, Mike. Um, yeah, I don't you know. <laughs> That's his perspective and his coach's perspective. Right. So that's very nice. It's very yes. nice to know that. Do you remember his father, Larry Abraham? No, I can't. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's. Uh, Al has the uh, the teaser. I believe there's some music behind it, but you get the you get the gist. This is the teaser of the Mike Francesa Frank the Tank Walk podcast. Well, how about how about what's exploded beyond belief? How about you? They tell me you're like a rock star wherever you go. You go to the game. I, I can't. Get, what do you do? You got autographs. You sign. You're doing voiceovers. I you're can't doing believe it. Personal appearances. You've become a rock star. Tell me what? How has it changed your life? How does it feel to be now Frank the Tank, the sports celebrity? It's crazy. I you like it. Yeah, I do like it. It's, 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 do you embrace the public? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I appreciate all my fans. You uh, sign all the autographs. I sign smile, all the autographs. Take the pictures. Yep. You got to do that. You got to yeah. do that right now. And you know Stop one thing uh, is... Uh, Stop it! Is I have you know what I'm talking like, about, man? Every Christmas yes. send me uh, their address. Hey, Al, Al. Send out Christmas cards. I so literally in the first, I think, 15 seconds, there were 11 questions. <laughs> None of which he allowed him to answer. Do you like it? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you take pictures? Do you sign autographs? What's it like? I mean, do you like it? I mean, when you sit there, you got fans now, okay? So you got fans now. So you know, do you like having fans? Do you not like having Holy fans? Do you write God. letters? Uh, who's your favorite fan? Who's your favorite female fan? Who's your favorite male fan? Ooh, uh, yeah, oh, uh. <laughs> that was eleven questions. Oh like my God! Seconds. And Frank's like, God. oh, oh, he's trying to get in. He's just making noises. <laughs> I take pictures. You like pictures? The cell phone pictures? The regular? Anybody take Polaroids anymore? I don't know. You, saw, you know what you could do? You know, back in the day, you used to take a Polaroid. They'd hand it to you. I'd wait for it to develop. I'd wag it in the air, and then I'd sign that picture. You get two for one, just like that. You had to do something like that. I don't know if Polaroids are around anymore. God. Holy God. Now, did I that, exaggerate? No. <laughs> that is unlistenable. I mean, it's just, you just won't let them talk. It's, he's got his like arm on him too when he's walking. It's it's a, quite the visuals. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Poor Frank. So much a celebrity, he's not even allowed to answer a question. 
I'm sure that I'm sure as it goes on because it's like an hour long. Oh, it, if it goes he, on like that, man, he talks. Like, oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> yeah, that's one hell of a uh, that's one hell of a rags to riches story. I, I think mentioned. I counted ten questions in the first fifteen seconds. <laughs> yeah, when you were sitting there counting them I was on your hands, like my hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One more time, Al. Let's see one 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 more time for the I, beginning. It. All right, we're gonna. All right, we're hold gonna, on. I'm gonna time it. All right, you're gonna count the questions. Right, I'm gonna count the hands. questions. All right, all right. Here we go. So, this is Frank the Tank, Mike Francesa. Let's take a look. How many questions does he ask? Well, how about how about what's exploded beyond belief? How about you? They tell me you're like a rock star wherever you go. You go to the game. I, I you can't. Get, what do you do? You got autographs. You sign. You're doing voiceovers. I can't doing believe it. Personal appearances. You've become a rock star. Tell me what, what. How has it changed your life? How does it feel to be now? Frank the Tank is what celebrity? It's crazy. I you like it. Yeah, I, I do like it. Okay. It's, 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 do you embrace the public? I got. Yeah, I do. I do. Do you embrace I the public? I appreciate all yeah. my fans. Uh, sign all your Ten in twenty-five seconds. That's what I got. Now, some of it was like statements, but were kind of questions in a way. Like you, you do appearances now. Like you know, I hear you doing appearances. Like which could be a question. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. kind of it's kind of both. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, if yeah. that whole thing is like that, I can't be. It can't. It can't be. There's no way. I mean, an hour, I guess I, I suppose it could be. <laughs> if you've ever listened to Mike's solo shows, I, I suppose it could be. All right, so tell me how lost the way. Okay, you, you get on the scale. Do you like a scale? What type of scale? Do you have a digital scale? Do you have a regular scale? Ah, uh, okay. What's the type of foods do you eat? What's your favorite food group? All right, let's talk roughage. Well, the roughage. <laughs> Are you a kale guy? Are you a spinach guy? If I, all right, very good. Uh, fiber, you get enough fiber in your diet? I like fiber, fiber. You can get the fiber one as a cereal you could do if you want to just skip right to that. Boomer and Geo on the fan is CBS Sports Network. And CBS Sports Network. We we're just talking about Frank the Tank Fleming of Barstool and Mike doing their walking together uh, in a podcast that they did, a video podcast. So coming up after Jerry, I want Al to just hit at any point. Just fast forward, rewind, fast forward, and just stop and see if any point if Mike is not talking. <laughs> and, and Frank is talking. So uh, then that drink if Mike's talking and don't no, drink no, no. if Frank's talking. No, no drinking or we're going to have big problems uh, getting home today. But we'll do that in just, uh, in just a little bit. I want to go to Joe in Norwalk, Connecticut, though, before Jerry. What's going on, Joe? Hey, how you doing, guys? What's up, man? All right, so I have my official review of the Frank the Tank podcast. I got to sit down last night with my Casamigos and watch it live. Nice. Well, it wasn't live. But uh, basically the whole time, you guys are completely right. Mike's just butting in, left, right. There's a little bit of uh, 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 as they're walking, and they're both taking deep, heavy breaths. No offense to Frank, I'm a big fan of his, but he is a big guy. And they're both walking. There's a lot of grunting and ooing and eyeing. But there's a scene if you guys, if Jerry can pull up or one of them, when they're walking out of Mike's driveway, and Frank's talking about his weight. Mike's hesitant to say that he was over 300 pounds, so he'll do one of these. Uh, yeah, I was over three. Well, I was a little bit bigger than I was now. <laughs> And uh, I think it's a classic Mike moment that's perfect. Oh, where he, he's just about to admit that he was over 300 I, pounds. I think I, I think I saw this. But stop short. All yeah, right. look at Joe. I mean, people are just, they don't miss a thing. See, but the thing about it is, they if don't you miss did it right, thing. you got to have some Casamigos if you're going to watch this thing. <laughs> Honestly. 
<laughs> like, I'm not watching it, so. Yeah, not the whole thing, not 58 minutes. I'll be outside playing now. <laughs> you guys can stay there and watch your videos and your exes and your, your Instagrams. Al, do you have it up now? Now I'm feeling, I do, yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling right. You like want to give me a, a time? Uh, 56 minutes, 59 seconds. You want to just give me a, a time to... Go to 31.15. 31. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We give him a trophy and give everybody a check for five hundred grand. I can't and believe say, the Lakers actually the put him of that. Lakers <laughs> just talking over him again. You know I can't All right, believe. There you go. Let's try uh, four oh eight. Oh okay. Early on in this. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Innings. You got to have people who can pitch those innings. I can tell you right now, he feels. I'm going to find some guys behind center. Six fifty two. All right, Jerry. Six fifty two. Are these contracts with <laughs> you got dead money like Cabrera with the Tigers? All right, you don't thirty-eight twenty-five. <laughs> oh boy, really wonderful guys. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very close to Lou Lamarillo. I have that for a very long time. Brilliant guy, a brilliant guy. <laughs> That's what we're trying to, to find is a place in this box. podcast where Mike is not talking. You have another uh, number there. Uh, All right, I'll go one more with you, Al. How long is the podcast? An hour. 56.59. All right, so let's go to um, 49.30. 49.30. <laughs> is this the one? Work, and uh, I'm very happy <laughs> for your success. Well, thank you. We got to thank you in there. We got to thank you. That was funny. <laughs> uh, Lou Lamarillo. <laughs> very tight. I'm very good friends with Lou Lamarillo. Twelve <laughs> ten. Kodai Senga needs the mornings. And I'm very close with Kodai Senga's uh, interpreter. He's a great guy. He's actually over the house right now. I'm going to have lunch after this. Uh, all right, Jerry. What's going on over there? Brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. And brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Kind of station-related, so we'll keep it there for the moment. Uh, you saw BT and Sal yesterday, the, the way they were I dressed. I gotta tell you, this, this uh, video that they put out yesterday with uh, Sal's a clown. <laughs> yeah. I, I I had to look at it like five times. I was oh, laughing. So funny. I was laughing so hard. Fair to say he had enough of it at one point. Yeah, like I've never heard that before. Oh, you're a clown. Oh, you're a clown. Okay, all right, you're really original. Haven't heard that before. It's really going to hurt me. Guess what? I'm not, in fact, a clown. I'm a talk show host on WFAN. Why he's dressed as a clown. I mean, it was so funny. BT laughed at him, and he's dressed as gold dust. It's great. It's a great visual. And then I think this was the day before when a caller was confused by Sal's Met Point. Why don't you go in and sign J.D. Martinez like, you signed uh, Max Scherzer. You know what? You what signed? are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> You're not making any sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there that you was, go. That's what I'm talking that was about. Overnight pipes, there, man. Yes. He broke those out. You are not kidding. Um, what else? We got the Knicks last night. They lost to the Magic, one eighteen, one hundred. Paolo Boncaro at thirty six points. Franz Wagner at twenty one. Uh, here is Boncaro on Bally Sports, Florida, getting more and more comfortable doing what he's doing. Real slow out there for me. Uh, I feel like I'm seeing the game better than I ever have in the NBA. So I'm just uh, trying to, you know, make the defense pay, whether they're trapping me or loading up or letting me free, whatever it is, trying to make them pay. Yeah, so I was. That's the most I've really seen him play last night. He was really something. Um, the Knicks have dropped four in a row, five of six, but they're really banged up. That said, they're 33 and 22, and that's why Jalen Brunson, who had 33 in the loss, says solid so far. We've had a great 
you know, two-thirds of the season. And um, we put ourselves in the position where we've done well, but we have a lot of room for improvement. Now they've reached the All-Star break. They'll play the 76ers in Philly next Thursday. The Magic are 30-25. and 25. The Celtics hammered the Nets 136-86, to 86, enough said. A chippy game in San Francisco where the Warriors lost to the Clippers yet. L.A. forward Mason Plumley was uh, a little bit frustrated along the way. And Plumlee couldn't finish. Plumlee, what is he doing? Oh, he's he frustrated. Just, he just kept continually frustrated. And Kaminga came in. not pushed him in the back. I like when the announcer there on, uh, on Bay Area NBC is like, what is he doing? He was punching him, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. Uh, here was Norman Powell. The Clippers did win the game. Here was uh, Norman Powell's emotional fourth quarter for sure. It's not the first time this has happened to a team going into the break. I did not think it was going to be us. And so no, now you have the challenge. Jacques Vaughn, you jackass. Uh, let's try it again. Coming together and um, taking a win. That's what we talked about after all that. Um, review the flavor and everything. Um, coming in and just focusing on whatever it takes to take the game away from him and applying ourselves offensively and defensively. And so the Clippers have been really good. Tyloo was uh, ejected in this game for two technical fouls after that. Suns beat the Pistons 116-100. Why would I ever bring this up? Because before the game, Detroit center Isaiah Stewart was arrested for assaulting Phoenix center Drew Hubanks hours before tip-off. Yeah, punched him in the face. Yeah. Here was yep. here was Kevin Durant post game. Dudes get into stuff and stuff may happen, but you know we try to avoid that in this league. But it happens, and hopefully we can move on from it. And um, we all support Drew. We got Drew's back, and you know he'll move past it. I don't know what Drew said, but so Drew what was the impetus to all this? All right, right, so any idea? It's so the Suns put out a statement that the attack on Drew Eubanks was unprovoked and acts of violence such as this are unacceptable. We unequivocally support Drew and will continue to work with local law enforcement and the NBA. So Eubanks said before the game that the altercation happened as he was coming into the arena. Yep. He said an argument started and they were chest to chest before Stewart threw the punch. Security intervened. Eubanks said he was fine for the game. The police said he suffered a minor injury. What was the... No idea what the argument was the, about. The article I read did not say. It was very similar to what G just read. Oh, I would think that you, you know, know Adam Silver's got to take a pretty hard stance here, right? I found it here. Uh-oh. It was, why is ESPN News still called ESPN News? <laughs> And the two of them just couldn't. He's such an ass. They couldn't they settle. They couldn't it. come together. They, they just couldn't understand. They couldn't. He's <laughs> <laughs> such a dummy. Uh, meantime, Commissioner Adam Silver was on uh, the Pat McAfee show. And yes, Vegas in the future is possible for a team. We want to figure out what our media relationships are going to look like. But then we will turn to expansion. And Vegas is definitely on our list. What's, what's remarkable about Las Vegas it's not that large a market. Yeah, I mean, small. as the U.S. goes. I mean, I forget. I, it's like last I looked, I think it was the 44th largest market or something like that. Wow. But, man, do they punch above their weight. And you know LeBron wants a team, and so they well, all Of course, have a team. yeah. So they're going to definitely, you know, and one of the things about Vegas being out there, uh, the pro teams being there, the A's coming there, of course, the Knights are there, and the Raiders, they're missing a basketball team. And, you know, I don't know. Did they have a professional soccer team there? I don't know. We I don't do think know, so. We do know that they have minor league baseball there. They do. What's interesting about the A's, I read right, yesterday, a, they're they're a, they were a part of the Mets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. The area, whatever they were called, 51s. Yeah. The, um, the A's have nowhere to play after this season. Like yeah, they, don't, they don't know where to go. They'll, they'll figure out where they'll, they'll go somewhere. With Vegas, it's not like they want them right now. At least, right? We heard that last week. Yeah, well, the mayor there. was all like, "Yeah, for Clemp because it didn't go down the, the way that she wanted it." <laughs> I haven't heard that in a long time. For Clemp, yeah, for Clemp. <laughs> yeah that yes. was old Mike Myers. Yes. <laughs>
Een spulk is in je gedekker zonk. Yes, yes, yes. What was the name of that character? Coffee talk. It was coffee talk. I got spilkish in my gnecker zoink. I'm all verklempt. I'm all verklempt. Barbara Streisand. It's like butter. Oh, man, it's so funny. I mean, the mayor out there was just like, she had a plan. They went against their plan. So she got ticked off. I wonder if you could get away with coffee talk these days. Probably not. Now I'm getting emotional. I'm a little verklempt. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, I believe, because they used to talk about, you know, Barbara Streisand being their queen, and they'd always talk about it. And I think when Barbara Streisand came on the set that Mike Myers actually didn't know that she was going to show up, so it was a surprise to him as well, and he had to, in character, mm. pretend that he was surprised. And it was like one of the memorable episodes <laughs> back then. I love that that time of Saturday Night Live was was my time. I love that. <laughs> Myers, Dana Carvey, the Wayne's World, that, Phil Hartman, Farley, the whole thing. Whatever happened with your guy doing it? Shane Gillis? Yeah. Oh, I think it's coming up. Oh, it wasn't this past Saturday. Oh, we miss, I, I didn't miss it. I, 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 don't, I don't think so. Uh, the way no. you guys were talking, I thought it was the Saturday night before the Super Bowl. I didn't realize. Okay. So that's no, I'm pretty yet. sure it's he's doing, doing it coming up. Uh, yeah, I'll get you the date okay. on that. All right, well, you do that since we're talking about being at the Super Bowl. And yes, the February events... 24th. Okay, so next weekend. Yep. Got it. Uh, the events of yesterday, horrific. You guys have covered that this morning. In terms of football, um, the 49ers did fire Steve Wilkes. Here was Kyle Shanahan on a conference call. Likes him personally, um, but it's a move that had to be made. Really um, says nothing about Steve as a man or as a football coach. I mean, he's exactly what we wanted as a man. Uh, he is a great football coach. Um but just where we're going, where we're at with our team um, from a scheme standpoint and things like that. And it was time to move on, and so that's what he did. And I also was just reading a little while ago, there's been a few of their coaches that have now departed for other jobs. So it's going to be a very different look uh, in terms of the coach room for the 49ers going forward. A couple more from the Kelsey brothers and their New Heights podcast yesterday that came out about 9 o'clock yesterday morning. Travis Kelsey talking about how he and Andy Reid in lockstep, as bad as things did look, of course, on Sunday when he got in his face. I couldn't be... You know, more proud of being his product on the field, and I couldn't be uh, more proud of you know where we've be- where we've come um, as a team since I got here in 2013. He they've done a lot of winning, and his numbers have been incredible. He also says he gets it that a lot of people are going to have things to say, but he only cares about coaches' opinion. Everybody else, I don't, I don't give a what anybody else says. I talked to Coach Reed about it today, and we kind of chuckled about it. Then you've got Tom Brady, who would weigh in on his Let's Go podcast. Uh, he's been a little bit of a hothead at times. Uh, here was Brady's take on the whole thing. I spoke about Coach Reed is and, and Travis, but like it's it speaks to the self-confidence that Coach Reed has in himself, too. Because he doesn't take that personally at all. He doesn't look at that and feel like someone offended him or... He takes it for what it is. And, uh, yeah, so we move past it. I mean, so it's different ways to look at that. <clears throat> so what is Agreed. It? Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, but it's I do. A, it's a lack of uh, respect and discipline maybe? and self-control. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And Kelsey said that, too. He's got to get better with controlling his emotions in times like if that. If Tom Brady's going to say that during a broadcast, that ain't going to work. Yeah. I, I, that's not going to work. I'm sorry. Yeah, I totally disagree with his take on that. I mean, there's some people that, and Andy Reid is not weak, but there's some people that say if they take something like that from a player and just and just let it go, that that's a sign of weakness. If it were like a first-year head coach. Right, and let me ask you this question. How about when Sean Payton was screaming at Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson sheepishly walked away? I mean, 
is that just in the moment and that's okay and we can deal with it? It's a bad look for Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. It I certainly mean, I, is because he looked like he wasn't standing up for himself and he was just getting chewed out by the coach. I, I would I just say, uh, you know, that I, don't, I, I did not hear what Tony Romo said about that. I, I brought it up at halftime. So he went, yeah, I, I don't know, but I'm just saying, like, if you're if if Tom Brady is going to like describe that situation the way he just described it, yeah, that's not going to go over well. By the way, did you did you see Charlie Weiss that Romo makes him want to vomit when he yeah, talks? I did. See, I did read those quotes. He, has, he would like to. He would rather throw up <laughs> than listen to the broadcast. Is what his I don't, I don't what his take was. Yeah. It's not that bad. Yeah, I know. What are we doing? I would not take vomit over any broadcast, I think. No, but I know you like to vomit when Aaron Boone speaks. Mm-hmm. So I'll just give you four seconds going into the season. We're hell-bent on being a champion. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's the headline. That's the story. Hell-bent he looked, on being uh, a champion. He looked weathered yesterday. Weathered? Yeah. It just started. I know. That's why it was alarming to me. <clears throat> think he's had a bad off-season? I don't know. He, did, he always looks great and in huh. shape. And to me, yesterday, he looked older than he, he normally looks and looked a little weathered. Well, that's not good. Yeah. I mean, he's got Juan Soto. He does have Juan Soto, Juan Soto, Juan Soto. If you Juan got Soto, Juan, Juan Soto, Soto. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. That's a great ad, Jerry. That's a very good ad. See where he is next year, but this year he's a Yankee. Hey, he's a Yankee right now, and they needed a left-handed stick in front of uh, or behind Aaron Judge. Mm. What do you think they put him in the lineup? You just said behind Aaron Judge. So. Or in front of him. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Judge is going to hit two. He hits three. As you would think. I would think that, yes. And what's John Carl Stanton doing? Sit. Yeah, right. Ice in his knees. Hope, well, we'll see. Maybe he's actually healthy this year. Hmm. Uh, Rangers skate with the Canadians tonight. The Devils take on the Kings. Rutgers Northwestern on WC, WCBS 880 at 630. Seton Hall beat Xavier. Number one UConn routes DePaul. Not a surprise there. And yes. I'm just going to say that if your Devils get this Jacob Markstrom from the, the Flames, man. Here we go. Poof. Right up. Poof. Right to the top, man. We shall see. Depending on what some of the other teams do around this trade deadline coming up. Right. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. This is a media beef that sort of sprouted out of nowhere. Kind of love the media beefs. You got to love a media beef. Alan Jerry? (laughs) No. Alan Jerry definitely had sprouted out of nowhere this morning. It certainly did, but it seems like it's squashed already. It was a short-lived media beef. Um, yeah, media beefs are great when you're not involved in them, and then we are involved in them. It's definitely, it's it's not fun all of the time, because everybody's watching. What are you going to say next? What are you going to say next? What are you going to do? What are you going to say next? Your mentions are filled with crap. You know, the amazing thing about the mentions is that the mentions are sometimes inaccurate how things were said. You think? All the time. <laughs> yep. Amazing. Uh, so anyway, it started... This is Bill Simmons and Pat McAfee. It started when Bill Simmons did a sort of, I don't know if I want to say disrespectful, but he did an impression of Pat McAfee where he wasn't making Pat McAfee seem like he had any talent or knew what he was talking about. So Bill Simmons does this impersonation where he goes, he's like, yeah, he's like, Pat McAfee's found this thing where he's just like, I don't know, man, that's not good. Jordan Love. I mean, he's playing well. I don't know. And then, like, he has 15 guys around him that go, yeah, I don't know either, man. Like, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. So he, like, does this thing where it basically makes Pat McAfee look like an idiot surrounded by idiots. (laughs) That's what he made it sound like, right? So Pat McAfee gets wind of this. 
and he waited for a moment to slam Bill Simmons. And apparently there was Bill Simmons was involved with FanDuel in the Bill Simmons parlay. And only 8,000 people ended up betting that same parlay on the Super Bowl or the AFC Championship game or one of the things with Bill Simmons. Did it Did it win? I, that I don't know. Okay. Um, and I would assume probably not. Okay. So then Pat McAfee out of nowhere decides to respond to Bill Simmons with that. He's like, yeah, he's like, great job. Only 8,000 people but the parlay with you, 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 you loser, you know, type of thing. <laughs> Throws that out there. So, of course, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but but he so he throws that out there. So now Bill Simmons responds again yesterday and he says that everything is up ratings wise in sports. He goes every you look at everything is up ratings wise. Even the shows are up. He goes the two things that aren't up are NBA ratings and whatever show replaced the 12 p.m. sports center. Which was Pat McAfee. Okay. So he doesn't say his name, but he goes after him again. So now... Now what? Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen next? But, I mean, it is it is funny. Like, I've gotten involved in these things, too. But it is funny when you see guys who just... Like, they like this is going to keep going. Like, it did, and like, to a point where I feel like... I feel like they should... They need to... To, like do this on the air you know what i'm saying yes like either mcafee's got to go on simmons podcast or simmons has to go on mcafee and they got to do this on the air now. yeah but let me ask you a question yeah i you know i know bill simmons i don't know him all that well but i'm just saying, like like which entity is more popular right now i would say that the pat mcafee show is and the why does pat mcafee just laugh laugh it off and just move on um I'm, my, I, you know like if you're a coke why are you why are you fighting with pepsi right True. I, I will say my answer, I agree with you. My answer to that is that Pat McAfee has, since he's gone to ESPN, been through a ton of criticism. Yeah, through, but you know why? Because more people are seeing it. Right. I, I know. I'm just giving you an answer of why he would respond to something like this. So he's been through a lot of criticism. He's he, When he took the deal, he got a lot of criticism from his fans that said he was selling out. He got a lot of criticism over the Aaron Rodgers stuff. He had to deal with the whole Jimmy Kimmel, Aaron Rodgers thing, and then he's calling out his bosses, and he felt like one of the bosses was was throwing the ratings out there that were false ratings. You know, see what I'm saying? Yeah. So he's he's taking it from all different angles, and plus he hasn't been in the media all that long, and he was a punter for God's sake. Yeah. You know, if you ask me, the guy was a punter, had a, had a great personality, and ended up his career early to go follow this dream. It, and he's and done he's a, a great self, job with to it. me. He's a self-made guy. He 100 percent is, but but now he is in the spotlight more than he's ever been in the spotlight. And I think that he's a little bit raw from all the things that have gone on since he's gone over to ESPN. And he's like, here's Bill Simmons, who he probably thinks is a douche, mm-hmm. taking a shot at him, saying he doesn't know what he's doing, and that hit harder to him than it would have normally if he hadn't gone through all this other stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know it does make sense, but I would just say that look, man. You take the money, you put yourself on a platform where more people can see you. It's part of the job. It's part of the job. That's yeah. all. That's all there is. I just take it. And, you know, it's just like I say about quarterbacks. It's part of the job. So Daniel Jones takes the slings and arrows of criticism when you have a bad year. Yeah. Uh, look at what Zach Wilson's been through for three years. I mean, so, I mean, all these little beefs here and there, especially if somebody's just making fun of you. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we been made fun of? Uh, a million. Yeah, exactly. How many times we make fun of people? A million. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just what happens, you know? I yes. mean, it's just the way the way that it is. Now, 
I understand it's different when it's coming from a, a peer, you know, or then that might be a little bit different than someone on social media. But yeah, I mean, but this is this is one of those things where I remember when I was a listener of the radio station, high school and college. And I would think, and not just here, but in other places, when I saw media members react in a certain way that had made it, and be like, well, like, why? You got everything at your fingertips here. Like, why would you worry about something like that? You know, this is, it's silly. You, you, you make a good living. You got a dream job. Why would you worry about something like that? Until I sat here. <laughs> and the same thing happened to me. <laughs> so now I understand. Yes. You know, right? It yeah. just, it, some things you just, you can't shake off as well as others and it takes time you know you, you build up a an exoskeleton of sorts <laughs> over the years it's called uh it's called lizard skin lizard skin yes and and it takes a while to grow and it takes many things like pat mcafee's going through now to to get that lizard skin well he'll figure it out i think he will and i think that his his success is 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 admirable and and you're right. He shouldn't care about what Bill Simmons is saying. Doesn't but really matter. It, it it doesn't. No, you know. It, I mean, I I would think that in the end, it actually does help Bill, right? Oh sure. I think. I mean, Bill Simmons has sort of been out of the mix here. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I like it's hard to find where everybody is with everything that's going on. Yeah. Well, that's where, now now we now we know where Bill Simmons is. At, well, yeah. I think we knew with the ringer stuff because like, that's where JJ went. Right. He went. He was. The New York, New York thing is part of the ringer. And I saw uh, Jerry was telling me that J.J. John Jastrzemski was wearing sunglasses taping uh, SNY last night. On a fat. On a fat. With sunglasses on. He said he wasn't sure if it was a bit or something, so it could have been a bit like, oh, they're, you know, let's just sunny Florida or something. Let's put on sunglasses because the teams are reporting. I don't know. It could have been something silly like Maybe that. Maybe somebody sat on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Two black eyes, because John Carlos Stanton sat on his face. Maybe. Maybe. Hi, right, Boomer Geo County alive for the Bill Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. I brought up earlier the rise to stardom of Frank Fleming, Frank the Tank of Barstool, and how it all happened. And he was on his way to opening day at City Field a number of years ago. Could have been 20. 19, 2018, and he was screaming on the local news about how NJ Transit stunk, and then he got hired by Barstool and has just made this miraculous rise in the media world, and he is someone we uh, befriended during the pandemic, and he popped on our pandemic Zoom as a surprise guest to Mark Chernoff, which he did not enjoy Mark Chernoff one bit, uh, and he just did this podcast with Mike Francesa, the Frank's Walks podcast with Mike Francesa. We were having fun with that because Mike talked the entire time, and I think Frank might have gotten like three or four words in. He also did it with J.J. Watts, so he heard us talking about him, and he called us up. So here he is. Frank, good morning, man. How are you? I'm doing fine, doing fine. Uh, you know, uh, the walks are doing really well. I'm, uh, I've lost at least 40 pounds, so it's, it's been good. It's been uh, great. Uh, I mean, uh, the weight's down. That's, that's uh, what the main goal is. Yeah, now you've overall you've lost a, a lot more than forty. I know forty with the with the walks, but overall, how much weight have you lost? Well, in twenty sixteen, I was uh, over five hundred. Now I'm uh, about uh, three forty. Wow! Wow! Now, are you doing this naturally, or are you taking the Ozempic? Do you have uh, diabetes as well, or no? Well, I wish I was taking the Ozempic, but uh, my uh, uh, farm—I can't find it. I can't find it. My pharmacy's out of it. 
Yep. See, I, I told you, you you don't suffer from diabetes or anything, do you? Oh, I do. I do. Well, I oh, jeez. Yeah. This is why you need to get it. Then you definitely yeah, need well, to get it. Uh, my doctor has me like calling every pharmacy. I didn't want to even help me get it. I mean, oh. it's this is what I'm talking about. This is just ridiculous. It's now become a designer drug, and those who have diabetes right. that need the drug can't yeah. get it. It's insane. No, 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 no. It, it's completely wrong. It's completely wrong what's happening with this. That uh, I should be able to get it. I mean, it's it, it, and uh, basically uh, it's on back order so much it's hard to get. So, all right, Frank, let me ask you, uh, the, the walks that you're doing with these different celebrities, Mike Francesa being one of them, my other colleague, uh, J.J. Watt, which one did you enjoy mo more? Well, I love J.J. Watt, but Mike Francesa, I mean, I, I actually studied broadcasting in uh, college. I just couldn't find a job right away, so I had to work as a court clerk. But uh, uh, Mike Francesa, I just listened to him for 30 years, and... Uh, uh, it's, it's like one of your idols you get to walk with. Yeah, you not only did you listen to him for 30 years, you listened to him for an hour straight. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. <laughs> you didn't get a lot of words in, man. Mike was just talking to you. Well, that's Mike. Mike is Mike is just... Uh, Mike has always been great. He's always been great at carrying the conversations. And uh, I especially loved what it, the part about the uh, NBA in-season tournament. I mean, his, his view on that was... So spot on. It, he almost he almost uh, looked like me ranting at times. <laughs> <laughs> so the rant, the rants that you go on, and I do see them as Barstool posts them out there. I mean, they are hilarious. You know, do you ever regret ever putting that stuff out there when you act like that? No, I'm. Uh, and, and now we get the Mets basically trying to say that I'm the reason they they struggle because I'm in their head, and you got this this picture, Trevor May. Who, who, who it goes on every podcast uh, i must live in his brain 24 7 <laughs> this this guy who is a total bum on the mets you know i i i do something that the mets actually don't do themselves is hold them accountable yeah i mean listen I, i'm with you and I, like a lot of people on the radio station are with you and then you've become sort of a mascot of the angry met fan which has been great because most of us sort of feel the way you are but didn't you have certain guys though that you work with like kevin like kfc barstool that tries to be positive and then you're obviously negative and more realistic and then you guys clash over that have you felt a sense of victory over kevin in a way because things have turned out the way they have over the last couple of years with the mets well, I wish I was wrong. I wish Kevin was right. But uh, every year it becomes more apparent that I'm right. I mean, especially when uh, we're going to be watching uh, Pete Alonso become Pete Gonzo and uh, the Mets are going to be uh, probably as bad as they were in the late 70s. I think the Mets are going to go, are, are going to be, are we, we are in an era now where the Mets are going to be losing 90 to 100 games a year for the next 5, 10 years. So we saw what they did last year, Frank the Tank, as he joins us here from Barstool. We saw what they did last year. And they tried to spend the money. They tried to bring in the, you know, the A, the A free agencies and F free agents, and it didn't work. And then they traded some guys away. They're trying to rebuild their farm system. They're trying to do it a different way. You just don't have the patience for that, I guess. Uh, I'm tired of, I'm tired of seeing Met players hyped up, big, uh, big prospects, and because the Mets have such a terrible farm system, terrible. Player development, terrible, terrible scouting. Do you realize over the last 20 years, only 9% of the players they drafted made the majors? That is fewer than any other team by a large margin. And uh, then you get people like Brett Beatty. They try to tell you Brett Beatty's good. Brett Beatty, 
Brett Beatty can't even uh, catch a single uh, pop fly. He's terrible in the field. <laughs> they, 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 uh, and, and they hyped him up as being the next George Brett. The only difference, the only thing that he has come with George Brett, he's a left-handed hitting dirt baseman. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, I mean, his, and his last name is, uh, he's got the name Brett in his name. <laughs> I mean, he's not even close to being George Brett. I mean, George Brett, I mean, come, give me a break. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, Frank. So, Frank, here's the, here's the thing I just want to say, just from a practical standpoint. Seems like every three or four years we get somebody else to run the franchise. So now David Stearns is coming in to run the franchise, and he's trying to rebuild the things that you're talking about that we've been lacking, and that is scouting, and that is trying to build from within, and that is trying to make key trades and have younger players. Uh, do we ever allow somebody like a David Stearns who comes in for the first? I haven't been here for six months, I think. Can we, can we give him a chance to see what he can do in a couple of years, or, or are we just going to be totally against everything he does? Hello? Uh, not if he lets Pete Alonso walk. Yeah. Well, all right. So that's a, that's a very good. Here's a very good point for you. Uh, trade deadline comes. Obviously, the Mets are going to be out of it. Pete Alonso is going to be trade bait, uh, much like the Islanders had with John Tavares. Do you keep your best player, or do you try to make your team better by trading that player? I don't. I don't trust them in the trades. I don't trust them in the developing players. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. I mean, I, it's going to be tough when that time comes, and I have to see what the return would be. But generally, when you trade away a guy like that, you never get the same back in prospects. This is this guy's going to hit 500 career home runs. The, the, the players he got, Drew Gilbert. This guy, this guy, come on, this guy is not. This guy's not going to even be close to being good. And and uh, and Luis Acuna there. Does his name Wilton Guerrero ring a bell? <laughs> yes, I'm telling you, man. Listen, we can go on and on with these failed prospects and guys that they get in trades, and it's so disappointing. You do have a good point, I but mean, uh, I mean, I feel like that song that uh, uh, Kenny Rogers song with uh, Julio Iglesias to, to all the girls I know before. It mentioned that sing to all the prospects that were big bust. Beautiful came singing up voice. And let us down. You hear that? I mean, he's just so talented. Yeah. What? You I just you're very talented. You're very talented. You yeah, got a beautiful voice, singing yes. voice. Beautiful singing voice. You still drinking soda, man, or we give that up? Uh I'm on diet sodas mostly, but oh. yeah. But it's still still a part of it, yeah. I mean I know you love your soda. That's like the big thing for you, right? Yep, I don't drink alcohol, so I have one vice. Yeah, no, I under I understand. But what what you've done here is is remarkable. Do you have a goal weight now that you're you, you went from over five hundred pounds to uh to three forty? do you have a goal weight? Uh, I have small goals. Okay. All right. Well, those small goals are attainable. That's the key thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I get down to my goal weight, and then I go down and I pick a new goal. That's how I'm doing it. All right. How's Dave Portnoy you know, trading you? You know, it'd be nice. Uh, I'm going to be doing more and more walks. I got more celebrities that we're going to be lining up soon. Oh, nice. Uh, who is who is your, like, white whale? Like, who is the the guest that you have to have on on Frank's walks? Frank walks. Well, I had to get you guys on a walk one time, and uh, I'm also trying to do uh, one of the walks I did was actually a charity walk for ALS. So nice. I, I, I love to do like uh, charity walks, and um, besides having you guys on, uh, maybe uh, a certain owner that uh, has blocked me on Twitter, Steve Cohen. <laughs> Steve oh, Cohen yes. blocked you. That's right. I forgot about that. I remember seeing that. That would be incredible. I, I, I mean. 
I mean, uh, 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 instead of a sit-down, an hour walk. Wow. Where, he, where I could give him a, a, calmly a piece of my mind, and he could try to sell me on what he's doing. Let me tell you, that would be a, a very smart thing for Steve Cohen to do. That would be a smart thing. And just be level-headed, be honest, which I, which I think Steve Cohen, for the most part, has been. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I think you recognize they made a mistake last year. You know, I was, I, you know, Gio was pointing out something, Frank, to me earlier this morning, just how popular you have become. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I think you realize that, but I don't necessarily know you know the the impact that you have over there at Barstool. And I was asking, uh, as we were just talking, how is Portnoy treating you? And, you know, have they actually up the amount of money that they're paying you to reflect your popularity? Well, the money will come. Uh, but that hasn't come yet? I, I get paid a, a, a decent salary, so I'll say that. But uh, the money, the money's coming. It, it, it's not. It's not like uh, that's uh, uh, an issue for me. And uh, Dave Portnoy, Portnoy does treat me well. In fact, uh, that's the next walk guest. Oh, nice! Oh, really? That's very good. I mean, Breaking is he going to try to tempt you with pizza? <laughs> <laughs> no, you guess not. Yeah, yeah I guess. Well, okay, I guess not. Uh, I eat my pizza. I eat my share of pizza, but you know I'm the hot dog guy. That's right, hot dog soda. That is that is his thing. Frank, I know I know the person that you need to get for one of these walks if you can, if you can set it up, and I and, and if you could do it, it would be a it would be a big get for you. Uh, do you think you could get Dua Lipa to do a walk with you? <laughs> <laughs> if Dua Lipa does a Frank walk before she comes in here, then that's it. Then, then, then I'm officially giving up. That is a hands in the air. I'd be happy for Frank, but I'd be I'd be upset. What about Dan Marino? Would that be a good one for you? Oh, I love Dan Marino. That would be a great walk for him, for me. Uh, uh, being a Dolphin fan. Yeah, I figured I that'd mean, be a that'd be a big get for Frank. Would be Dan Marino, and I'm sure. Like, what about like an '86 Met, like Keith or Daryl or Doc, one of those guys? Oh, anyone, anyone on the 86 match would be a great walk. I'd love that. Uh, of course, uh, hopefully we uh, Lenny Dykes would get to well. I heard yeah. he uh, has recently uh, had, had some uh, issues with his health. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, he had a stroke, so hopefully we're yes. rooting for him. But, Frank, it's, uh, I'm glad you called in today. Uh, are you still mostly in New York? I know they opened that big Chicago office, but you're just hanging in New York. You don't go out there a lot, right? I go out to Chicago maybe uh, once every uh, month or so or maybe uh, – Every two months, but uh, but yeah, yeah, everything's going well, and uh, of course, like I said, Dave Portnoy treats me well. He even he even helped me get like a team on me, a team. So the team, uh, uh, Matt Jenks and uh, Mikey Belice out there in Chicago, they like uh, are a big part of this, and they they're really helping to boost us. And uh, I think I'm going. I think things are going to the moon. I think uh, forget the moon. We're going to Mars. Exactly. Yeah, I like it. Uh, just one final thing for me there, Frank. Uh, out of all the personalities over there at Barstool, where do you rank yourself? Like, you know, are you like I, to me right now? You got to be a top five guy. Uh, probably in the top five, of course. Yeah, the uh, you have you have the uh, the so called core four, and I guess maybe I'm number five. I'm the uh, I'm the, uh, the the new guy on the block who's rising uh, and uh, and uh, keeping uh, New York uh, and, uh, and uh, relevant. Yeah, you know what, Frank? I'm with you, and I'm rooting for you. You are a great guy. As I mentioned before, some people say sarcastically, like, couldn't happen to a better guy. This would take the sarcasm out. Really, this rise to stardom couldn't happen to a better guy. And I'm, uh, we're all rooting for you, and we'll uh, we'll be watching you, man. Thanks like for calling in. With? Another guy I'd like to walk with? Martin Brodor. <laughs> okay.
All right. That's Marty Brodor, the big devil's guy. Yeah. Oh, there's this video I got to show you. Uh, so, you know, so, yes. Uh, Frank, how funny was that? You just randomly, when you're wearing all your devil stuff, ran into like six New York Rangers in street clothes on in the city. That was awesome. Well, I thought they were Rangers. They actually turned out to be the Calgary Flames. Oh, was it? Oh. <laughs> Did you try to get uh, their goalie Markstrom for your team? Uh, yeah, that would have been nice. That would have been nice. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to get it done. I think I think they're going to get it done for you, Frank. Actually, before I ran into those Rangers randomly, and that's why I thought they were the Rangers. Yeah. Um, I saw Mika Zimbabwejad signing a couple autographs, and then uh, he went off uh, on his uh, little scooter with a hockey stick down the street. Oh, jeez, he's on scooters. I don't know. I have no yeah. idea. Gotta, <laughs> gotta get him off that scooter, man. It's dangerous. <laughs> All right, Frank. Good talking to you, man. Be in touch, right? I would want to see Jack Hughes going down the street on a scooter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's smart. All right, Frank. Gonna put you on hold here. Say goodbye to Al and the whole thing. And uh, I think we got his. Well, oh, there you go. Yeah. Good. So now we actually know a little bit more about Frank. Yeah, and he hasn't been ruined yet. You know, like you know how someone like that that's got that almost fan-like, childlike wonderment when they get into this world, can get squashed immediately because of all the, the shiving and everything else that yeah, goes no, on in this yeah, business. The purity is there, right. and because of the intensity and the genuineness of him, right. that's why it works. It does. I mean, like, Evan used to be that way. I think he still is, a little bit. You think so? Yeah, I, I mean, I still think he really is into his teams and, and is, is childlike still, yes. In that way. Well, all right. I mean, I do. I believe that he is. Well, I mean, you've known him longer than I have, so. I haven't seen him in a while, though. You know what's funny? And I, I have nothing against Evan. He's a friend of mine. I like him. But when I was going to the, the parking garage the other day, he was coming out. Okay. And I could see in the distance. Now, I was on the, the side of the street where you turn into the parking garage. And you can either, when you come out of the parking garage, cross the street or come up the sidewalk where I was at. And he crossed the street, and he didn't stay on the sidewalk that I was at. And I was relieved because I didn't feel like talking to him. Now, that had nothing to do with him, really. But, like, I just – I hadn't talked to him in a while, right. and it was done with the show, and I was about to go home, and I see him come out of the thing, and it could have been anybody. I was like, oh, God, I really hope he goes across the street so I don't have to talk to him. You didn't want to talk to Evan? I, not in that moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like, like pleasantries. Was this when we came back it, from? Was this this week? No, no, no. Oh, it was just before we left. Before we left. But that's the thing. It would have been more than pleasantries. And the like, Vegas golf trip that we had. For example, yeah. I saw the architect outside yesterday after we talked to him in here. And we were on the sidewalk and I was like, you know, just a little fist bumper. I'd see you tomorrow. Because we had already talked. That's a pleasantry, you know? But Evan, I hadn't talked to in a long time, so that would have been a longer conversation, which would have gotten me on the road later and then all of that stuff. Well, that was maybe just a him, maybe, tremendous amount of relief when I saw him cross the street. Maybe he was, you know, late for a show meeting or something. You never know. No, he was really early. It was like 1045. He was getting here really, really early. But yeah, you, you never had experience like that? You're like, oh, good. I'm glad I don't have to talk to that person. They walk by my office as opposed to coming in. Come on. Come on. I'm sure I've had that. Yes. I just, um, you know, I, I think if it, was, if it were Evan or Tiki or Sal or I would definitely have pleasantries with him. Pl yeah, but there's pleasantries is one thing. That would have been a five minute conversation because I haven't seen him in five a minutes is a lot of, yes. a lot of time. Long time. Way too long to be standing out in the cold, chopping it up with Evan Roberts when I got to get home, you know?
I'm, I'm done at that point. It's I, over. If, uh, He's got do. all the show, haven't done the show energy. I'm like completely useless at that point. But I mean, like, if you had the conversation with Evan, what kind of conversation do you think it would be? How do you think it would go? I don't know. You'd say, hi, Evan, and he would do what? I like baseball. Do you like baseball? Oh, baseball is the greatest. Pitches and catches is the <laughs> countdown. Oh, 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 oh. Why don't you talk enough baseball? You don't talk enough baseball on your show. Does Boomer not like baseball like I like baseball? I'm just going to throw out baseball terms to you. And whatever pops first in your mind. Shortstop. <laughs> Bullpen. <laughs> Foul ball. God, get me in the car. God's sakes. God, Jesus. Save me. Baseball, baseball. Where are you going? Baseball. <laughs> baseball. <laughs> baseball. <laughs> Boomer and Geo on the fan at CBS Sports Network. Oh, come on. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network giving away Dave Matthews tickets coming up in about 15 minutes or less. You know what I hear a lot these days when Joe Montana just did this commercial for it is the is pneumococcal pneumonia. Mm. I feel like every TV show I'm watching or sporting event someone's popping on, it's having a moment right now, pneumococcal pneumonia. It's having what its is 15 it exactly? minutes of fame. Pneumococcal pneumonia is pneumonia. Yeah, it's just pneumonia, right? I mean, yeah, what's a pneumococcal? Oh, so, so no, if you had pneumonia in 1950, you had pneumococcal? I don't or is think it a new so. Strain? I think it's this is a different thing that's now popped onto the scene. And he wants you to get a vaccine for it. There's a vaccine for pneumonia now? Yeah. There is a vaccine for pneumonia. I but I don't think that's what I think it's a I think it might be a pill he's talking about, Joe Montana. But this pneumococcal. But it's just one of those words like mesothelioma, when that was a thing for a while there. Yes. Like that would pop that would just stay in my head. That now word we got pneumococcal. Now pneumococcal is in my head all the so time. I've got okay. bacterial, viral, and yeah. Mycoplasma. Okay. Where's pneumococcal come in? I don't. It's new. It's burst on the scene. Huh. It's like you it's know, probably somewhere in between those. It's the it's the new kid on the block. Yeah. Pneumococcal. Hmm. Popping right in here. Then there's see, fungi pneumonia. Right. Ooh, you, see a lot of, you see a lot of shingles stuff too. Shingles vaccines. Yeah. For the older people like me. Oh, you seven. get shingles? No, I don't get shingles. What is shingles? It's like a chicken pox. Okay. For adults. Is it old, old school chicken pox? Yeah. Chicken a lot of that was, stuff going on. Chicken pox was growing. Cock sacky. <clears throat> Cock sacky you know, too. Amazing foot mouth, yeah. the amazing uh, thing is the rise of STDs. A lot There's of a rise on. in them? Oh, yeah. Based Not, on what? Sex. I, <laughs> where is the rise coming? I get that. But what, are more people having unprotected This guy's sex, got yes. gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I gonorrhea, syphilis, and uh, herpes. And the uh, herpes. Okay. And the herpes. <laughs> Is there something that's triggered this other than sex? Is there a reason for the more sex? Pandemic. But that was four years ago now. Well, We're just getting the effects of it now? Yeah, well, I guess, yeah. Doesn't seem like he knows <laughs> the answer. <laughs> Did you no, read this? It's unprotected. Yes. Okay. The unprotected part of it, yes. Well, I, you know, I understand that. And people plus have all been... the dating apps and all the hookup acts. Uh, apps now that makes sense. That okay. Crap. Now that's a good answer. Look, look at this right here on the New York Post post posted 16 hours ago. Headline, sexually transmitted infections spike in New York City. Alarming health data shows. Mm, Thank alarming. you. Alarming. Is that, is that okay for you? Is that 
I wasn't doubting you. I was just wondering why now, because the pandemic has been around forever now. Right. So, so you combine the two of them. Now what's going on? And, then, and, all of a and sudden, then, well, then you also have, uh, you have this migrant surge coming in, and you have all sorts of crap going on. Gonorrhea up 11%. 11%. I was going to say, what is the worst one? Syphilis has skyrocketed a staggering 36% amongst women. Perhaps this is a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. I couldn't tell you the difference between these. Like gonorrhea, syphilis, herpes. I have no idea what the difference is between them. Herpes you can't get rid of. And you got to marry someone. And you have sores. You got to tell, tell people you have herpes. But those are visible, correct? When you have an outbreak, yes. But when you're not. But they live inside you. Yeah, you can, po- it can pop out any time. Once you have herpes, you always have herpes. So it'd be nice to date someone else with herpes so you don't have to have the herpes conversation. Exactly. Is there a herpes dating app? I bet 100% you there is. There, is. Yeah, right. there actually, yes. that was, the, you know, when they first started doing specialty dating apps, that was one of the first ones. Yeah. Herpes. Would, would make sense. How many mm-hmm. people are suffering from herpes? Worldwide? Well, I mean, just just say New York City, what? I'm sure it's it's got to be in the hundreds of thousands. Hmm. All right. So here's, here's your answer, by the way. It says, health experts say <laughs> several reasons could account for the rise in case numbers. Okay. Boomers, once again, from downtown. The coronavirus pandemic likely kept many New York City residents from seeking medical care for possible STIs in 2020 and 2021. The data released on Tuesday is for the entirety of 2022. Oh, okay. A year when many people began returning to their health providers for testing and treatment. So that's not that this is that we learned this this week. This is based on two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Testing increased. So did case numbers, meaning there may not necessarily be more infections. Okay. So there you go. And it looks like Positive Singles is the most popular app. Positive Singles. What a nice way to spin the language there, Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Positive not meaning a great outlook on life, but positive for herpes. Yes. Or whatever else. (laughs) Or whatever. And how large is the herpes population now? Have you figured that out yet? Oh, no. I stopped Googling that when Gio had his information there. We had different information. You got to get that information. People have herpes. (laughs) It's large. Can you imagine someone comes over here and starts checking the Google search history? (laughs) What the hell is Jerry doing? 50 to 80. No way. No, that's that's oral herpes, Jerry. What's the difference? Well, that's in your mouth. (laughs) <laughs> like cold source that don't count this says uh you hold on it doesn't 80 percent of americans have cold sore herpes in their mouth 50 to 80 percent yeah well, what thing. are they putting in their mouth 80 <laughs> percent come on man it's genital a- herpes one out of every six that's a lot whoa that's not good get Izzo back in here that means one of us <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh <laughs> Yeah. And 50 to 80% means three of us. Open your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever have a cold, sir, that's herpes. Yeah, that's what it is. So here's the thing. You got something you can both talk about tomorrow morning for your warm-up shows. Herpes. Oh, we'll arguing about ESPN about. News. Oh, we're fine. <laughs> Man. Yeah, This is go. disturbing. It's alarming, right? Well, yeah. these are things that you need to know, Jerry. No, yeah. I know. It doesn't affect me. Yeah, he's not out there slinging around the schwanz. <laughs> Every now and again, you like to have your twigs and berries out and floating in the, in the wind. No, I don't. I'm good. <laughs> and you know that's happened. Think about the poor people that have oh. gone outside their marriage and end up with herpes. They come back Uh-oh. like, whoop. Yeah. yeah. There's no whoop. Get, get your ass out is what that is. I got whoop. it on the toilet. 
Whoop, there yeah. it is. You can't, <laughs> there it is. You can't get that on the toilet, can no, you? No, 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 no. Oh. I'm saying you get crabs on the toilet, Derek. You could get- <laughs> Don't look at me. I ain't into crabs. <laughs> you could get crabs. On- yes, crabs on a toilet is a thing. Especially <sighs> in college. Ugh. <laughs> What's worse, that or the maggots out of the uh, maggots, overhead bin? Maggots, I think maggots are worse. Maggots, yeah. we yeah, go. Yeah, when you think about maggots, they're flies. That's what they are. Yeah, but they were so no, 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 no. dead things. That's why it's worse. If you watch the video of a maggot eating food, yeah, it's it's not. Oh, it's gotta eat, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> maggots gotta you eat, you Jerry. Because you imagine <laughs> the maggot was watching you eat. <laughs> Is this how I eat? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think Jerry's a very dainty eater. I don't think that he's <laughs> <A> gross. <dainty. laughs> I don't think that he's gross when he eats. I don't think so either. I noticed Al's a dainty eater when we went out to Cipriani yeah. that night. Very dainty. Very dainty. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> Little sip. Little sip. Finger I'm in not, the air. I'm not drinking this the dry January. <laughs> <laughs> I had six drinks on the way there. That was in January or February. <laughs> then all of a sudden you stopped drinking. Yeah, because I felt horrible after that. Oh. I didn't want to feel horrible anymore. I was wondering what the hell was going on because you did get, you know, snot faced. Yeah. Did was you that- have any problem getting off the plane? No. Like, did you think you might have fallen wasn't down that bad? No. Yeah, he was fine. He wasn't fall down no, drunk or anything no, like that no, at okay. all. He was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Fun out. That's I he think was, it was funny. It was fun out. I think it was a lot of ice in those drinks. Yeah. So even though I had six of them, I don't know. You know, I don't think I was like that. Yeah, there that was one round where before I got mine, yours was done, and you were like another one. <laughs> like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I felt like he was going through something, <laughs> and I was definitely there to support it. Like I was, I just I wanted to see it. I I when I started here, I got. This Al. I did not get Fun Al. <laughs> so when I see Fun Al, I'm like, whoa! It's sort of like an eclipse. Fun Al is fun. Yeah. yeah and that, so a about, lot of fun. For about half hour into that flight until we separated before we went to our rooms, that was the highlight of Al for the whole oh, trip. Yeah, that was anyway, it. Yeah. Was, it was all That was it. It was all downhill after right. there. Misery Al. When Al wasn't around. Complaining Al. When Al wasn't around, we talked about it like a, like a, like seeing a concert. Like, remember Fun Al? <laughs> <laughs> Remember how great it was? He opened with this. He closed with this. <laughs> that was the best era of Al. Yeah. <laughs> it was six hours. Uh, all righty, Jerry. What's going uh, on? We're brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. And brought to you by Jack Pocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone with Jack Pocket. Uh, Nick's into the All-Star break. A 118-100 loss to the Magic. Here was uh, Jalen Brunson. Good to get some time off. Yeah, last night... Amongst others, they were missing Julius Randle, Dante DiVincenzo, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Isaiah Hartenstein. Here was um, here was Brunson at thirty three in the loss. I think this break is obviously good for us with our you know with a walking wounded right now. But um, I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy with what we've been able to do. So um, quick reset, and uh, just get ready to go next week. Yeah, eleven games over despite the four straight losses. Eleven games over five hundred at thirty three and twenty two. And for their sake, they certainly hope that they're healthier coming out of the break when they go to Philadelphia next Thursday, the twenty second. Uh, the Nets lost big to the Celtics, one thirty six to eighty six. A complete we're on vacation mode from the Nets last night as they got just the Celtics had a twenty two to nothing run in this I, game at one point, <clears> and they were already winning by double digits. <clears throat> is this their their final game before the break too? I believe so. Yeah. What do you think? About back? You mean the coach? Yeah. I don't know. It's a great question because I will tell you as much as a lot of, I should say a lot, the net fans around here, and believe it or not, there's a few of us, we all liked uh, Jacques Vaughn. This is unacceptable. 
you can't be this bad in the last month like they've been. Also they do to, have talent, this team. You, you believe they have, what, you believe they have playoff talent? I do. Bottom of the, yeah, sure. Are you talking 8, 9, 10? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think they're 10th or 11th right now. Really? It's, yeah, but they're not good. Right now, they stink. If if you had your druthers for a new coach who Jeff would Van Gundy, there was a caller that called in with that about a week a week or two ago or two yeah. weeks ago that said you want to change the face of the Nets, Jeff Van Gundy, love it. Yeah, I do too. And what do you think Blue Balls Billy thinks about the coach? <laughs> you think he wants him out? He uh, asked me that question today. What are we thinking? Yeah, I he said did. I think it's t- this is not, not acceptable. Yeah, and then I mentioned Van Gundy in the eyes. Nice. Yeah. Started so, growing real hair. We sh- <laughs> well, listen, you can't have everything. Um, what else? What else? What else? Real quick. Uh, yesterday was Valentine's Day. This is kind of sad. So Chad Ochocinco on his podcast with Shannon Sharp revealed how when he was a kid, how he had his heart broken on Valentine's Day. I had a 64 box of crayons in kindergarten. I had this girl I used to, I used to like. I never forget. You liked her. Yeah, I liked them, And I gave her. A few of the red shades of the crayon. You know, red was my favorite color back then. Mm-hmm. I gave a few of the red shades and said, you know what? I like you. I want you to have this. We went to PE class and she was over there, you know, key, key, key and ha, ha, ha with David. Mm. And we came back from PE. You took the crayons back. Took my goddamn crayons back. <laughs> <laughs> I beat the hell out of David. <laughs> David hasn't been seen since. Wow. That's got to be uh, 40 years ago, and he is still hung up on David. That is incredible. <laughs> Do you remember your first Valentine's Day gift giving to somebody? I don't. Do you? Uh, no, because I remember as kids, we brought him in for the whole class. I don't, no. I, I remember exactly. And I remember that my sister, Robin, who was nine years older than me, and I was in first grade, so I was six years old. So she had to be 15 or something. Yes, yes, right. Maybe 16. She might have been 16. She took me up to Janelle's. Janelle's was a five and 10 in East Islip right there on Main Street. And I went in there, and I said I had to get this girl, Cindy, something for Valentine's Day. And we bought her a red heart necklace. Ah. That cost like 30 cents. <laughs> <laughs> but it meant a lot. But, but it did. Yes, yes. it did. That, I wonder if Cindy still remembers that. I, and wasn't Cindy the name of your was. first love? It was. That always, that always the mentor. That's <laughs> that, freaky. That is crazy. What? Yeah. When we did the, you didn't see that part? He did first crush name and someone I played football with that had a very unique name. Okay. And he got both of those. And mine was Cindy and then Amin, A-M-I-N-E. Okay. Wow, really? Yeah, he got that. There's something else in common. He got both of that. Yeah. Did you have an Amin on the Bengals? I did not. Amin Man was his name. I had an Azizadine. Azizadine. Yes. On the the Terps. Close enough. Yes. It's pretty good. Uh, Reports say Lenny Dykstra suffered a stroke. He's been hospitalized in Los Angeles. I've not seen an update other than the one story that said... He was doing okay for what okay can be. Um, what else? We don't have time here. We got the Rangers uh, with the Montreal Canadiens tonight. The Devils take on the Kings tonight. You've got Rutgers Northwestern on WCBS 880 tonight at 630. Seton Hall won last night, uh, 8870 over Xavier. And UConn just leveled the Paul 101 to 65. Also tonight, Hofstra takes on Drexel. Time now for Moment of the Day brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila brought to you by those who drink it. <laughs> And so I know you had him on just a little while ago, but uh, Mike was a guest on uh, Frank the Tank's Walking Podcast, which you guys went over last hour, uh, but he wouldn't let Frank speak on his own podcast. 
Well, how about how about what's exploded beyond belief? How about you? They tell me you're like a rock star wherever you go. You go to the game. I, I can't. Get, do what do you do? You got autographs. You sign. You're doing voiceovers. I you're can't doing believe it. A personal appearances. You become a rock star. Tell me what, what. How has it changed your life? How does it feel to be now Frank the Tank, the sports celebrity? It's crazy. I you like it. Yeah, I do like it. It's, 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 do you embrace the public? Yeah, I do. I do. I appreciate all my fans. You uh, sign all the autographs. I sign all the autographs. Take the yeah. pictures. You got to do that. You got to yeah. do that right now. And you know one of the things that is... Uh, Stop it! Is I have you people, know what I'm talking like, about, man? Christmas yes. send me uh, their address. Hey, like, send out Stop Christmas cards. Send about nice. 200 Christmas cards. All right, so literally in the first, I think, 15 seconds, there were 11 questions. <laughs> <laughs> None of which he allowed him to answer. Do you like him? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you take pictures? Do you sign autographs? What's it like? I mean, do you like it? I mean, when you sit down, you got fans now, okay? So you got fans now, so you know, do you like having fans? Do you not like having fans? Do you write letters? Uh, who's your favorite fan? Who's your favorite female fan? Who's your favorite male fan? Ooh, uh, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> that was 11 questions. Oh, my like God. Seconds. And Frank's like, God. Oh, oh, he's trying to get in. He's just making noises. <laughs> I just take pictures. You like pictures? They're cell phone pictures. Regular, anybody take Polaroids anymore? No. Oh, there you go. Moment of the day. CBS Sports Network. Boomer is uh, he's upset that Evan Roberts was wrong about something yesterday. I did not hear Evan Roberts talk about this. I was going to do a uh, porn star breakup story, but Boomer, I feel like needs to get this out. It's like a it's like a boil you need to lance. No, no, it's it's, it's not. It's like people don't understand what I was talking about at halftime of the Super Bowl when I was talking about illegal men downfield and why why people could see it the way that I thought I saw it. Yeah. And when I've I've tried to look at this one play a thousand different times. I know you've showed me it. I know. And it's too. it has nothing to do with the ball being thrown behind the line of scrimmage. Because the first ball that was thrown by the quarterback to the wide receiver is a backward pass. So Evan said yesterday, just to clarify, a caller called up and was talking about your halftime take on this. And Evan said, well, because the ball was thrown. Well, boom, boomer's wrong because it was behind a line of scrimmage. That's what I heard. Okay. And, and you're and saying like, that has nothing not, to do with it's, it. That's not right. And there's a different rule in college than there is in the NFL when it comes to illegal men downfield and how far the offensive linemen can go downfield before the ball is thrown forward. So the ball gets thrown backward. They started the, the, the play started on the 19-yard line. Mm-hmm. Second and 10 on the 19. Right. The ball gets thrown backwards to Juwan Jennings, the wide receiver. So that is a backward pass. That is That could be considered like a long handoff. That's mm-hmm. what that's considered. Shut up. God, shut up. I got nothing. <laughs> no, anyway. So anyway, so anyway, the ball then gets thrown from Jawan Jennings to Christian McCaffrey halfway across the field from numbers outside of the numbers. When Jawan Jennings, the wide receiver, goes to throw it, he is now the passer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he's the passer because he's throwing the ball forward. 
It's still behind the line of scrimmage. That has nothing to do with it, but it is a forward pass, just like a screen pass to a running back would be a forward pass, but it happens behind the line of scrimmage. And sometimes linemen get too far downfield prior to the screen, and that's when the flag gets thrown. Yeah. So this play happened on the 19-yard line. I stopped it in a, in, a, in a certain area where it shows that the offensive linemen are down to the 20. I, I think they're down. Let me see. They're on the it, – it's hard to tell how far down the field they are. But I, I it's very, very close. But so close, in fact, that I'm glad that they didn't throw the penalty. All Let's right. put it that way. Perfect. Then the case closed. Yes. Case closed. There you go. It was close, but not – Very not, close. Not, not – like advantage offensive linemen because they were three yards or four yards downfield. Go to Jeff in Port Washington. What's going on, Jeff? Hey, guys. So uh, you were talking about the wonderful subject of venereal disease. Yeah, yeah, STDs. You left one out, chlamydia, first of all, and that's one of the most common there is. I thought we we did say chlamydia was up uh, like 22% or something like that. But anyway, go ahead. Here's the most interesting fact is because of the advent of Cialis and Viagra, I have a friend who works in the nursing and rehab uh, and old age homes, yeah. you know, type of field. They say sexually transmitted diseases among elderly in those facilities has skyrocketed. Yeah, I've actually, I, I have heard that as well, Jeff. I have read an article on that, which is, uh, I mean, good for them. Where's my pills? Getting there <clears throat> still, you know? I mean, at that point, you don't care. I mean, if you're in a nursing home... Like chlamydia is the least of your issues. <laughs> just like, well, I mean, there there are places you can go that, uh, like the villages down in Florida, where it's basically fifty five and older. You know, it's not what I would consider a nursing home. I would just say like a senior living community. Isn't that where they they're doing all the swinging down there and stuff? Well, I listen. I don't. I don't know that. But you brought up the villages we were talking but, about but old people's it's not sex. Just, like, it's not just nursing homes. I mean, it, it's places where you can go and you can live, you know, 55 and older. Just a senior living place. That's and all. Al is eligible this year. Yeah, he, he wants to live in one of those places. I don't know about the swinging place, but... No, just the 55 and up. No teenagers. No teenagers. Is there a place near where you are where you can move into? I'm not sure. I, I will have to look into that. My place right now is pretty good. There's no... It's all older people. Yeah, but I'm saying you're like right on the beach. Right. Be tough to move from there. Tough to move from there. Yeah, tough to move. By the way, uh, Whimsy warm up to you finally? Yes, she did. She did. Okay, good. So far, so good, yeah. Yeah, I remember we were having that conversation about Sayville being a swinging town that a lot of people called up talking about the villages and how they like would hang stuff or put stuff on their cars, like different colored bows and stuff to signify what type of swinger they were i'm thinking if you're retired why not just get involved just get involved just start yeah you know it's like at that point you just throw your hands up in the air right hey whatever works oh, who cares neighbor yeah what are uh ted and diane doing tonight have them over swap mm. get chlamydia and go to bed <laughs> why not she's just staring Knocking on death's door anyway. I'm going to get syphilis. Might as well be when I'm in a retirement community. You don't want to get it when you're 25. You want to get it when you're like 75. Mm-hmm. Just be like, <laughs> and, then, and then if you're in a nursing home and everybody else has it, it's like, hey, you know, Claire, come on, let's go. They old, Jerry. <laughs> they, they, they old is right. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 